I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. Have you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Taco Bell. If you're anything like me during a busy day at work, I need lunch that is just as fresh as it is delicious and easy. And the all new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell is exactly that, made with high quality ingredients like seasoned slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, shredded purple cabbage, and avocado verde salsa sauce. The new Cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where we have a new rewatchables coming, but it's not going to be on Monday. It's going to be on Wednesday this week. So program your schedules accordingly. And while you're working on your schedule, hope you had a chance to check out all six Music Box films that we did for HBO. They're all available on HBO Max. You can stream any of them, including the latest one, Juice World Into the Abyss, which people loved. I was really fired up. All of us were. We were really hoping that people were going to like that one, and they did. So uh, really make two hours at some point over the holidays to, to check that one out. Cool? Cool. All right. Coming up, Cousin Sal and I are going to talk about week 15 NFL, which has to rank among the strangest Sundays that we've had in football and the strangest weekends. We're going to talk about that. We're going to do NBA Trades After Dark with Kevin O'Connor. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. <laughs> All right, we're taping this part of the podcast. It's a little after 8.15 Pacific time. The Bucks just got shut out by the Saints. Nine, nothing. Tom Brady committed uh, one of the biggest fantasy football playoff murders in the history of the fantasy playoffs. And it was just a coup de gras to, I think, the weirdest fantasy football playoff weekend we've ever had, Sal. I, I don't know why we thought it'd be any different. We we're screaming for games to be postponed. And then when they are postponed and move to Tuesday, we're screaming about how unfair that is. And, you know, 10, 15 guys a day that we recognize have COVID. And like, with this week is so, so bonkers. And then, you know, the Lions, a 12 point underdog beat Arizona and Brady gets shut out on Sunday night. And what, there was another big one too, right? I don't know. You can go down the list of the nonsense that went on today, but I don't know why we're surprised. Uh, well, the big no shows, Kyler Murray, who somehow had a much better weekend than uh, Tom Brady did, 
But those yeah. were the two bad ones. Chase had had uh, three yards. Kamara didn't do that well. And then the Bucks guys, freaking Godwin got hurt on that play that we hate when the D-back dives right at the guy's knees. Yeah. That's some Somehow that's the defensive receiver thing. I thought Collinsworth did a good job with that. But um, a lot of weird ones. As it turns out, the guys that came through were the KC guys on Thursday night. That was the game. Yeah, the KC looked, San Diego looked, guys. Right. And it's KC Green Bay at the top, right? Like this is after all this, it's going to be the, the the ones that you don't um you, you shouldn't have counted out in the first place. Yeah, Brady, it turns out, isn't as good when Godwin's out and Evans is out and uh, you know, Antonio Brown is out and he's like Scotty Miller, Cameron Bray. Yeah, Fournette went out too. So uh those guys are gonna have to get better, or some of them, or otherwise it does look like Green Bay. I don't know. I think Green Bay's uh heads and shoulders above the rest in the NFC and and the Chiefs the same in the AFC at this point. I have a thought on that NFC thing, but to stick with Brady for a second, he has this yeah. particular game once a year. The body mm -hmm. language goes south, a couple guys gets hurt, and you, you just can kind of see he's kind of mentally figured out, it's not going to happen for me today. And the Saints were in his head. They cut to this weird moment near the end after he threw that last pick. Did you see that when he kind of ran yeah. over to, to yell at the Saints coach? I right, like that yeah. he's he's kind of turning into like our wives as he gets older, like how, <laughs> how our wives just start yelling at random people or somebody that cuts them off. Brady's like got right. old guy energy now. I kind of like it. He's like cranky old guy. Yeah. I wish he could crank the ball away from the defenders at some point. I mean, he had six, he had six passes deflected today. And of course, of course, I had them on a money line parlay uh, in a catch-up catch mode. But six uh, passes. No. I mean, the, to, I, I will say this. The Saints defense really steps it up for this team, right? Yeah, they against do. Tampa Bay. I don't know why. why. Why can't they do this against like Atlanta and Caroline and those teams that they're always close with? But uh, well, like it's, I said, a, the, it's the same recipe. It's the four yeah. guys rushing and then everybody else either in a zone or pretending to be a zone and blitzing from a weird angle or dropping back. And that's what works. But you need the four guys and he needs the weapons. You know, I, I think he's like a lot of these, basically every good quarterback except for Rodgers, where he needs guys. Rodgers has figured out how to be good no matter who's on his team, which is why the MVP race probably swung today. And I don't know well, where we it goes. Were, yeah, we were talking about that. I'm trying. Uh, it's not up yet. They don't have it up yet on FanDuel. The, no, we'll look. Odds. We'll look in like 20 minutes because I bet it goes up. There, okay. There's some Jonathan Taylor possibilities now. There's some Cooper Cup possibilities. Uh, the Rodgers thing. And I will the COVID yeah. stuff be held against him? Yeah, right. So yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. Well, I was looking this morning for Jonathan Taylor. He was still seventh as of this morning. And obviously they played last night. Seventh at 21 to one. Does he move up? Or does Rodgers, Rodgers will get the top spot at this point, right? Well, a couple of things with Taylor. He is by far the best running back in the league this year. I think if you're comparing guys against their peers at a position, it's the only one where there's like no argument whatsoever. He's head and shoulders. Who's even number two? Who would you have? No, you can't. With an injured Henry out there, you can't You can't put yeah. anybody out. I mean, he's got like the five fastest rushes. Like, I know that run against, that, that touchdown run killed you, and he did the wrong thing by not going down at the two-yard line and bleeding the clock to the two-minute warning, and they could have taken three knees. But the way he cut back there for, what was that, like a 65-yard touchdown run? That was phenomenal. He kind of kept them, I don't want to say in check. I guess he had 170 overall, but uh, you did a nice job before that, but you got a dose of your own medicine there, huh? Well, he's he, complete five passes. Well, it was really four. 
And they gave him credit for what was a double reverse handoff, which somehow counted as like his second longest pass of the day. I'll just say I rooted against Taylor yesterday. I rooted against Rogers today because I bet I bet uh, I bet against Rogers today, and then had Taylor. Oh, I didn't bet against Rogers. I was going against Rogers in fantasy, so I was rooting against like anything good to happen for him. And then Taylor yesterday, Taylor, even when you have him, he still gets like four yards. He is like one of the all time. He's always falling forward. Like you, you hit him the line of scrimmage and he's still, it's like, how the fuck did he get five yards out of that? And then you're just waiting and waiting, waiting for him to break one. Finally, it happens. The Pats cut it to three. They have every tease possibility they've covered. It's all good. The Colts are trying to run out the clock. They're so terrified to have Wentz do anything. You just know Taylor's getting it every time. And he gets it, and Hightower takes the wrong angle, and it's 70 yards. I think he's the, I'll, I'll say this, I think he's the best player I've seen this year. So does that mean he's the MVP? Yeah. I don't know. Well, yes, he's the best player, but I don't know how Cooper Cup, and you, you mentioned him, and he's a, uh, like 100 to 1 odds or something coming into this week, and they still don't play until Tuesday. But uh, he seems to be able to do whatever he wants. So if that's a, a measure of an MVP, mm. then... Uh, He's right there, too. I mean, he's going to have close to 2,000 yards. It's ridiculous what he's doing. Well, if you go receiving yards, he's 200 over Jefferson right now, but they both play this week. He has 12 TDs. Jefferson, Jefferson has eight. So it's he's got some distance. He has 113 catches. Jefferson has 85. So there's some distance, but it's not like insane. Taylor is 500 yards over the next running back. Now, Henry got hurt. You're right. If Henry's in there, it's the two of them, but Henry got hurt. He's got 17 touchdowns, Mixon has 12, and 5.6 yards a carry. But the most important thing for me, his quarterback blows. I'm just telling you, rooting against (laughs) the Colts on Saturday with my team, you're dying for Wentz to do anything. Like, please have Wentz throw the ball. Please have Wentz roll out. Please have Wentz try to throw it deep. He was our best chance once they had a lead. It was dying for him to even try to assert himself. And then finally the Colts said, fuck this. We're not letting him do anything anymore. But, um, you know, they win despite Wentz. Yeah, you you and I always look for quarterbacks, and we haven't mentioned it yet. I can't wait to bet against blank in the playoffs, right? Yeah. We usually, by week 15, have that guy. Um, But I would say that guy is Wentz, except I like everything about the rest of the team. I did too. I think they could go far if they make it in. Yeah, you know, they're really fast. The Pats, the game plan was awful. I know the game happened uh, 24 hours ago. The game plan was bad trying to do sweeps with them and they just have so much speed to the outside. And then finally, once, mm-hmm. once they spread it out and they tried to let Matt cook, I thought we moved the ball really well. And that was, I think what the game plan should have been. I think you can throw on the Colts. I think that's, you can spread them out and I think guys are open, but what the Pats are trying to do is try to beat them with speed, which I just don't feel like you can do. And then on the flip side, Taylor's terrifying. Wentz has the whole field. And the Colts, it seems like they vacillate between should we take advantage of these mismatches? But if we do that, then Wentz might put us into some trouble here. Yeah. And it was also your guy was due to not play so great. Lights out, right? 26 for 45. I think he had close to 300. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He was bad first half. I thought good second half. But look, 
a block punt touchdown. How many times does your team win after that happens no, against you? Has that has anyone ever won when that happens? Unless you're Belichick and you can figure it out, but he uh, he didn't, and he he gave the right answer in the press conference. We didn't block the guy. <laughs> well, how it's true. He is with these guys. <laughs> you're barely going to get an answer from, and he's wearing a mask. It's like just move him along. Yeah, they had eight penalties, I think, for 50 yards, but every penalty was like devastating. It was all these like momentum killing. All of a sudden it's first and 15 or it was a first down getting called back. It was just, it's one of those games. They just didn't play well. And I thought the Colts, I'm with you. I think the Colts, I like their team. I don't trust the QB. And at some point you can't get through all the playoff rounds without the QB having to make a play. You look at them now. I had it all written down here. The, uh, the Colts are, yeah, they're in the five spot. There's four, eight, and six teams, but the Colts are in the driver's advantage, driver's seat now because of uh, conference records. And if they're a five seed, they're either playing probably Tennessee or whoever wins the AFC North. I think you could make a case that might be favored in those games. The five way this seed is going plays, could be either five plays four, right? Yeah. Right. So it would either be <laughs> it would either yep. be Cincy or uh, Tennessee, Indy's got at Zona next week, which is the perfect week to catch Zona. They're reeling. On Saturday. Yeah. yeah then Vegas at home, then at Jacksonville. So they're going to be either 10 and 7 or 11 and 6. And yeah, they'll they'll at least have 10 wins. Yep, for sure. Yeah. I was impressed I by them. Say. I thought uh I thought they were really physical. I mean, they knocked out two of our receivers. I thought it seemed like mm-hmm. they're two helmets. But what'd you see from the Pats that made you think they're not going to get there? The Ricky QB thing or what else? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe we, we just uh, was just a, a spot that Mac Jones didn't need to win in. And, you know, the truth is he they had a bye. He had three passes um, the week before. Like now you're talking like three weeks before he's actually thrown a series of uh, meaningful passes, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Forget about being a rookie, like just anybody that's going to be tough to come back from. So, um, yeah, I had a feeling it wasn't going to be his best game. and But the Colts definitely needed it more. But I mean, you listen. Your whole season comes down to, and it's not over if you lose this. But home against Buffalo next right. week, right? Yeah, I want to. It seems like a excuse to say we were rusty because Indy also hadn't played for two weeks. You know, they weren't rusty. They came out and they were walloping people. It was just a bad game. I'm I'm not that scared of it, but it does make you think. Like in the playoffs, if a couple things go wrong early, and now I have my rookie QB who started less than 20 games and we have to really rely on him, what's that going to feel like? Yeah. You know, makes me nervous. I know I should be giving you more shit for this. People are going to get on my case for now. Oh, you didn't give, you let Simmons off easy. They got beat by the Colton. You know, they're down 20 nothing, but I'm not going to over. Uh, like, that, you're, you're still a very good team, I think. And, uh, well, we were underdogs. I, yeah. I mean, we, I think yeah. we were underdogs for a reason, right? That line stayed at right. two and a half. Mm-hmm. basically the whole you guys week. were all insulted all the Patriots fans were assault, insulted all week that you were getting points and then they came out and crushed you that's all I'll say I don't... <laughs> well we almost covered the tease that's true just tackle Taylor and all the teases cover that was like my that's one true. big loss of the week I was able to rally back today I had the Cowboys with Tua who I'm never betting against or betting on Oof. again and then uh, and then the Niners and of course, the Jets have to do their thing where they pretend they're going to win and Miami has to come back. But I never again with Tua. Never again. Can't do it. Well, I don't think you're going to do it anyway because he's at New Orleans, at Tennessee, and versus your team. So maybe not never again, but not again this year. I think you're all right. He threw one of the right five worst passes of the season. They're up seven, middle of the fourth quarter. 
out pass. It, w- it looked like an eighth grade flag football play where it was so clear where the quarterback was going. And in slow motion, the out pass, the cornerback's like thinking pick six, running toward it as he's catching it. It's like you never see those plays anymore. You sent me that one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh- well, I think because all we were talking, hearing about is how accurate he is. He's the most accurate passer in the last six weeks. And like, oh, yeah, he's playing the Jets. So, of course, he'll put up a garbage number, 16 for 27, less than 200 with two picks, two, two touchdowns. <laughs> he knows where he's going when the ball snapped. And if that's not what's going to happen, I don't know if he has a plan B. He's like, I'm mm-hmm. going to get the ball. I'm throwing it to this guy. And yeah. he gets rid of it right away, which is great. But. That team's still hanging around. When you look at the AFC, which I think is a lot easier to figure out the NFC because we have all the COVID stuff. But right now, with Casey suddenly in the driver's seat, we have New England, Tennessee. We have Cincy as the four seed. You have Indy, Chargers, Buffalo as the three wild cards. And then Baltimore is the same record as the other three, but loses a lot of conference stuff. They're mm-hmm. also eight and six. So ba- Baltimore went from, if we get the two point, we're like a two seed. If we don't get it, yeah. we're out of the playoffs if it ended today. And that's where they did. And I want to talk about all the drunk analytics in a second. But right now, our playoff matchups are New England versus Buffalo, Tennessee versus the Chargers, and Cincy versus Indy. What's the... I feel like the Shakey's game is coming out of one of those last two, right? Ooh. Uh, Cincy-Indy? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, it would have to be Cincinnati. Cincy-Indy, yeah. I feel, is the first... Game, but now we had screwed up because we have six playoff games and one's on a Monday night. So I don't know. Do oh, we right. even have a shake his game? What I gotta and figure it hurts this out. Guess the lines too. And the, and Tuesday games this week hurts guess the lines. They are not considering guess the lines when they make these playoffs. Goodell, all those years you 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 screamed at him and, and called him incompetent, and now he's throwing it back at you with Tuesday games. He's so spiteful. Since he's got Baltimore at home next week, Casey at home the week after at Cleveland. So they are certainly not a lock to uh, to advance. I like the way they played today, though. You know, they do you really? Well, I, they, I, they're they're uninspiring to me. I, I think everybody seems to like them a little more than I do. They get they they get the Drew Lock gift, right? He's like, oh, yeah. this guy's coming in. We got it. Then Denver takes the lead, and it's ten nine. Drove down the field twice. He went down the field. Yeah, yeah and and I thought it was a gut check for Cincy. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. what do we have? This is our whole season right here. We, can we drive down and do it? We're in Denver, altitude. It's weird. It was like your classic weird disjointed Broncos game. Uh, they were able to take out Chase completely, and the uh, the Bengals came down, got a touchdown. So I thought that was a good sign for them at least. It was their defense played very rock solid. You're not going to put up huge numbers in Denver, as is the case, as we saw. But Denver out gained them what two ninety two to two forty nine. It just looked like uh, if Locke had come in a, a drive earlier, maybe, and it was terrible, though, the circumstances that Bridgewater left. Yeah. But um, it looked like uh, they just had needed one more bounce to go their way, and they would have won. You could tell I bet Denver, so this is why. Oh, I'm you did? I, yeah, I, course, I bet yeah. Cincy. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drew Locke came in, and I felt bad for Bridgewater, but it's really good to see Drew Locke when you have money you on Carl a game. Was, yeah, sure, no, you're yeah. just like, oh, good, he's in. And he had a play where he was scrambling, and the defensive lineman just took the ball from him mid-scramble. He wasn't even like being tackled. Right. You see I that know. twice a year. You know, no, was this the worst day for quarterbacks? I'm looking at all the stats. It's and, rough. Um, yeah. Rogers. Davis was... Mills might have been the best quarterback today. <laughs> yeah. Fighting for a job. Yeah, it's Rogers. Everyone was so bad. 
Rogers or uh, Davis Mills. All right, we're going to yeah. take a break. I want to come back and talk about drunk analytics. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right? First half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time. That's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside. LDA, 21 and up. All right. So Harbaugh, Baltimore loses again because... He sticks his chest out and he plays the analytics and it doesn't work out again. And then everybody has to do the whole, well, that's what they should have done. They had 46% chance if he went for it and 40, mm. and now these percentages are getting thrown at us. I realize because this hasn't worked out two weeks in a row and yet we're not allowed to criticize Harbaugh because there's a slight statistical edge based on the two choices. Coaches are in the best spot they've ever been in in their entire lives in any sport in football. All you have to do is just go whatever the analytics go, and you can't get criticized mm -hmm. anymore. So yeah, that, well, so people, I'm, people, he's getting enough criticism, I'm sure. I mean, they, they might not make the playoffs because he went for a two-point conversion twice, once against the Steelers and once today. Right, but, but, I, I do, but all the I smart people are like, nope, he made the right move. <clears throat> Look at the percentages. So it's like, maybe How we should... How many smart people are there, though? You're, you're talking... <laughs> well, it depends who you're talking about. Like, on Twitter, forget it. He's going to get annihilated. Whatever he ends up No, doing, but then there's the works. backlash on Twitter from all the people like, no, no, this is why it was the right move. Here it is. Yeah. Like he went for it the beginning of the game in the first quarter with Huntley, the backup, who was fantastic today for a backup. But right. it's it's fourth down and goal from the four. And it was like barely inside the four. So they said it was the three, but it was really the four. And I don't know. I just think that's a really hard spot to score. I'm I think with it, you too. if you're two or one yard line, I get it. But once you get four and back, mm-hmm. You're definitely throwing. The run's out. You can just blanket the end zone. You can just double cover whoever the best guy on the other team is. And the quarterback's always rolling out one way or the other. Or there's a slant over the middle. But it just seems really hard to score. And I would have taken the field goal. I'm you taking three Tucker? points. You trust Tucker from 21 yards out? I do. Uh, but right. same thing with the overtime. Two straight weeks. where, And then the excuses start about, no, I wanted to win it right there. Well, you're built for overtime. You have the best kicker ever. And you yeah. have a ton of momentum and you've been driving down the Packers defense is gassed. And then the the converse side would be like, well, the Ravens are secondary is banged up. It's Aaron Rodgers. Like, all right, well, right. I would rather trust overtime and having the best kicker on the planet versus the Packers shitty special teams and all the momentum I have versus my guy Huntley coming through on a two point. I, I, I just don't think you can compare it. I think it's apples and oranges. You can't compare all these situations as the same situation. Right, but you're using the momentum argument and you're not factoring the momentum in. Like uh, in Harbaugh's defense, you just saw Huntley run in from seven yards untouched. It's like, oh man, I can make it from two. Right. You know, I, let me let me just, uh, and they, they rolled him right. It probably just should have been a design draw, but rolling him right and making Andrews your prime target isn't a bad plan. Now, you don't want to throw what, in a way where it hits two Green Bay defenders. But did you see the clip, bounces though? Off of NBC yeah. broke down the clip. The safety pretended he was in the middle, and as soon as the ball was snapped, he beelined toward Andrews. So right. it was like the ball was still going. 
to Huntley and the safety's running. So so Andrews is basically double teamed. They knew it was, was going smart. Andrews. That's why it should have been him himself. Huntley. Huntley yeah, himself, I, I just think it's I think it's really hard. Like if you and I are sitting there and being like, all right, what player is Baltimore going to want? We're probably like, oh, roll out and throw to Andrews. Like, well, Green Bay knew yeah. that too. I don't know. It's a tough one because I don't know if you want to check analytics or not, but what's Rodgers to score there, to, to kick a field goal themselves there? They're probably going to win either way, whether Baltimore's up one or it's tied, right? Was there a minute 20 left? How much time was left in the, in the game there? No, I think it was like 40 seconds. Was it 40? So, yeah. Yeah, so you could say, all right, Rodgers, I get it. I get all of it. I just I just like my chances in overtime when I have momentum when I have Tucker. Yeah. And, so and the we've bigger now problem seen it is they, they can't score. And if it, they have the Lamar Jackson facsimile, you know, but they can't score. They had 22 last week. They had 20 or fewer the four weeks before that. They were in the teens for the most part until that last play of the game. You know, like they... You can't count on them to put numbers up with or without mm. Lamar Jackson. That's going to be a problem. But like you said, if you go by those AFC North schedules, one's worse than the other. I mean, I don't know who gets a break here, really. Since he's got Baltimore, Casey, and Cleveland, Baltimore's got Cincinnati, Rams, and Pittsburgh. Cleveland's got Green Bay, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. And Pittsburgh's not out of it either. I didn't, li- I didn't like it. But I guess this is why it's fun to talk about. I just think coaches now can just fall with the with whatever the numbers are and that just solves any sort of issue. It's just weird. <laughs> He's going to lose plenty of sleep tonight, there's, Harbaugh. There's no, no, he was adamant after the game. He was like, hey, the, they said, here's why we did it and we're going to do it and that's who yeah. we are. And that's who, who was the other coach that does that? Oh, uh, Staley. Guy in yeah. the Chargers. That was the other one. They went for three fucking first down, for fourth downs. One of yeah. them was like, what, what was the first one they went for? It was like fourth and five from goal. The from one go, was fourth really and goal? bad. And they, and they were dropping passes too. And they were, uh, and you know, and then the Chiefs did it the same way too. But there was one before half where they first quarter points in that game. Yeah. yeah. In the first quarter. And well, I the bet. First try, they got no points. Yeah. I bet on right. the Chiefs and I'm like, oh my God, they're going for it on fourth and goal mm-hmm. from the five. This is great. This is the stupidest thing ever. And that Staley is just, just adamant. This is how we go. I have the I mean, one of the best quarterbacks the ever. At the top of the list for coach of the year. Now he's nowhere really to be found. I was like, oh, this is going to bite him in the ass. All these, all these uh, riverboat um, decisions here. I like it. It's it's like analytics after two drinks. It's right. just like, I'm going to have a shot and we're going to go for it. Yeah. Fourth <laughs> and two. 46% if we go. 44% if we don't. Let's go. I get 2% uh, advantage. All right. Cool. You lost again. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, you lost. I again. would love Mike McCarthy to use analytics. At least there's a name for what he's doing. You know, <laughs> like no, no. And he's just well, it's okay. Why, why don't you call a timeout there? It looks like we could have called. No, oh, all right. Come on, he analytics. got a challenge today. He, he got an interception for days. It was a McCarthy's <laughs> greatest moment. <laughs> That's true. The defense is going to win it for him. Anytime oh, they Lord. cut to the sideline and McCarthy's holding a red flag, what's your reaction? Fear, <laughs> dismay. What do you, what yeah. do you think? I'm like, I hope he eats it. Well, you wipe your <laughs> wipe your brow or your your lip with it or something. Yeah, it's it's never a good thing. Uh, one last thing on the Ravens. I think I've seen enough of Brent Huntley at this point, and he's cost me money with the Browns last week when he was threading the needle on fourth and thirteen to single handedly mm-hmm. ruin my cover. I actually think he's pretty good. Yeah, I do. I I think he's a starting quarterback, and I don't obviously they're. You know, that team has Lamar, but do you think like he's good enough now where he could get traded for a first round pick? Because you think I mean, like, you rather... there's 15 good quarterbacks in the league. I would trade a first round pick for that guy now. 
Oh, I don't think you need to trade a first round pick. You think you need to trade a first round pick for Brent Hundley? Yeah, yeah there's like, he's like, he's like two years in. I I think he's making like a well, million bucks a year. If I'm like Carolina, I'd, I'd rather have him than Darnold or um, Cam Newton for sure. Well, like Cam Newton, like that. come on. Yeah. No, I'm saying, could you actually build a real team around that guy for the next two years? You have a quarterback at one million, and he's doing mm-hmm. basically what Jalen Hurts is doing for Philly, Baltimore is doing for Lamar. We build yeah. a specific offense around him, and I think Maybe. he could do it. I I actually think he's got really good touch. I'm impressed by him. I feel like he has a good instincts, but maybe maybe we need to see a little bit more before we can <laughs> try the first round. I think I might be overrated that Browns game. Hey, listen, <laughs> yeah. I, if Darnold can get a second rounder after showing nothing on the Jets, right. like forever, and he was worth the second rounder, how is Huntley not worth, I don't know, a so low, a low first? Yeah, maybe yeah. second, high second? You can get a second. Yeah. Um, sure. Next topic. What the hell happened to Arizona? I don't know. What man. happened? That game. What, besides, besides they found out I bet them. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I can't imagine what else. But uh, Did you get killed today? You seem especially somber today. Yeah, of course I got killed. I got beat on everything. I bet that stupid Jimmy Kimmel ball. I bet it over. It went under by 30 points. I had a, <laughs> a beautiful parlay uh, with everything else. And then, uh, I mean, Kyler was, uh, were you watching that game? Yeah, like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong uh, for that game. But uh, but is this to be expected? Like expected, he's just gonna collapse injury or not the last month of every season. I need a heads up if that's what's gonna happen. I wrote in my notes to discuss with you: Is Kyler Murray the new Mister October? Because <laughs> Reggie Jackson, sure. I mean, he he no longer plays baseball. Yeah, I mean, I right. I don't know. I don't like when nicknames just get taken. But now it's been like 35 years since Reggie was Mr. October. You look at mm-hmm. Kyler Murray's October stats the last two years. He's the best quarterback of all time. But mm-hmm. um, he looked horrible that Now, no Hopkins. Um, right. And the game was just had a weird flow to it from the get-go. You could tell something weird was happening. Gus and Aki were doing the announcing. Just It just yeah. had the vibe. It, it really felt like, oh, go. Oh, boy, here we go. And that Oman St. Rob Brown, what's his name? You know Ross who he is, you have him in your, you have him in your I have my two line. fantasy teams. Um, that guy's open all the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize till today, Gus, Khalif Ray, Raymond caught a pass and Gus is like, and the wide receiver from Holy Cross. I went to Holy Cross. I You're didn't know guy. he had a yeah. <laughs> I was so up. excited. Yeah. Anyway. I, well, but well, listen, the point is Detroit should be trying to lose. I know there's no clear cut number one guy, but what the hell are they doing here? They're Now they don't even have a... Uh, Odds for best, uh, for be- I mean, the Jags were nine to one this morning to have the worst record, and now they're in the driver's seat. Well, the- I don't know what they're driving. They're driving a broken down uh, '77 Chevy Nova, but they're in the driver's seat. Yeah, but out of the bad teams, I think Detroit is by far the best bad team because they're yeah. they're two eleven and one, and the tie they should have won. They had a. Uh, they lost to Cleveland by three. They lost to the Bears by two. They lost the to Ravens Baltimore by two. Yeah. They lost mm-hmm. to the Vikings by two. You know, that team, even the the Rams game was 28-19. That team's hung around in a lot of these. And I saw, did you see Dan Campbell after? He was great. He's the best. Yeah. Anytime the Lions win, go to the Detroit Lions Twitter feed and go watch whatever Dan Campbell told the team. It was awesome. And it's always, they always say like, it's like team speech cliche where they're like, mm-hmm. that was a team win. That was a team win, guys. Everyone <laughs> on this team chipped in. It's they just say that nobody's ever like the offense won this game. Defense, you did nothing. 
Special teams, nothing. Could he win coach of the year or is it too late? <laughs> can he get, if he gets like four wins, can he win the Cody? <laughs> I think Harbaugh is going to win it because even though they blew the last two games on fourth down calls, the analytics said they should have gone for it. <laughs> you hate it. You no, hate I don't that. hate it, but it's just we, we're not allowed to argue about it because it was always a 2% edge. Well, of course we could argue about it, but no, it's a, you, I, everything is taken into account. Momentum, momentum included. And I think they, they had momentum is the problem. Yeah. I don't know who the coach of the year is. I don't know who the MVP is. Your guy got knocked. Uh, I mean, offensive rookie of the year was looking like your guy, Mac Jones. He'll still get it. Chase isn't. Coach. Chase didn't grab it today either. The only no, one is right. Parsons. Parsons is the only one that's like you can lock it down. It's Parsons for right? defensive rookie. For defensive yeah, rookie yeah. He's of the like year, minus five thousand. Yeah, for sure. He that's win, the only he one. He should win defensive player of the year. But uh, <laughs> but even uh, for Belichick, who wins? Co I mean, is Lafleur the coach of the year? No. I mean, all this. But what is Rogers doing? Like. Hey, it look, looks like they surrounded him with the right players again. Like, I don't know what, what his complaint would be at this point. Yeah, I, I guess we're out of candidates. Yeah. Well, what if the Chiefs finish 13 and fours? Mahomes is just taken off the table as an MVP candidate? I don't know. I think he has like 11, 10 or 11 interceptions. What, what does he have already? If we're just going backwards for who's the most important player in their team, mm. it, I, I still think it's Taylor. Now, yeah. the Colts have to finish, I think, 11 and six for that to happen. Cause you can't say, oh my God, they, you know, they're 10 and seven. He's so important. Right. 11 and six. Now it's, now we're talking, especially when you have a quarterback who uh, is as shaky as him. Uh, all right. Holmes has 13, actually 13 interceptions. That's a, that's two years worth it for him. Yeah. Um, Cam Newton, did you see any of his work today? I don't know why. Doesn't it anything register in your head like when you're Cam Newton and you and you score from four yards out, but you're losing or you know you're gonna lose? Doesn't it register that you're gonna lose? Like, well, so why are you doing a dance? Like, why are you going crazy for? They were you know kind of. This is gonna be an embarrassing moment in a few minutes. They were driving for a garbage time drive, and he just threw like an eight yard pass directly to one of the Bills, and that was the yeah, end of it. It was too. it was like the most yeah. humiliating in the game. I can't believe he's still playing. Um, Hey, we got it. We got it. Michelle Tafoya was back. You know, you did this. I don't want to make light of this, but you could people who disappear, you could maybe bring them back into existence. And we were having you did so, this. We were having so much fun with that last week. And then it became like a serious news story. Yeah. It's like Michelle Tafoya, was she? I we listen to our podcast every week. We're having fun. We're like, hey, there's a conspiracy theory. They took her off, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, she came back. I I still think it's hilarious that. NBC, who has a 17-week schedule that people need buys and rest. That's great. It's one-third of the year. Can't work 17 straight weeks? What What the hell is going on? So that's what it ended up being. It was it was, it was just that, or that's what they're well, saying. But then we'll see. We'll see if she's back next year. Oh, <laughs> new headline. Well, you did it. Uh, you did it, man. I don't think they would have even thought of to bring her back if you didn't bring it up last week. I think they should re-sign her for five years. <laughs> the <laughs> analytics say re-sign her. <laughs> Uh, all right, we got a. Uh, I don't know how we're gonna do guess the lines, but well, they have lines on all these games. I'll tell you that. Okay, they do actually have lines. All right. and I think you're gonna win because I, I was awful again. We're we're gonna talk about the games that are coming up, and we'll do guess the lines right after this. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, 
and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. All right, we're back with a somber cousin, Sal. I can tell you got shellac today. Yeah. Was it like a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 shellac? I'll just tell you. You could tell because I'm telling you right now. That's what happened. No, like an eight out of 10. But this was off last week too, which Amanda Nunez destroyed me. So I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, I listen, I know quitting is not an option. So what do I, what the hell do I do? I got to dig out somehow. Can I tell you a couple of my bets today? Yeah. Because go I got I'll, killed only, by only if they lost. Yeah. I got killed by the Pats. No, one of them lost. I had a Titans Bengals parlay. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm still not positive how the Titans didn't win that game by 10 points. Even, right. even watching it, it was unclear how they were losing or about to lose when I, Ben and Ben in December. Now the balls are just, I, I think one of them stopped in midair and like went backwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite of a frozen rope. It is like a, it's like watching a balloon slowly go up in the air and come down. And right. they just kept over and over again. They would move the ball. Somebody would catch ball in traffic, whatever. And then Tannehill, you know, I just, Without Derrick Henry, he just that can't win a game like defense. that. Yeah, it, it was. was pure Steelers defense. shut him down. If you look at Ben's numbers were bad again. 16 for 25, 148. Najee Harris had 18 yards rushing. So what do you have to do to win that game on defense. the other side? Well, four sacks, three fumbles law, uh, created and, law, and gained, and one interception. That's exactly what happened. And it felt like they were running the ball. The mm. Titans. Foreman was like pretty good in that game, but they just really couldn't. Good. They couldn't uh, keep the ball from going to the Steelers. Uh, yeah, they had two hundred one yards rushing. I mean, you look at these numbers; nothing really makes sense. Boy, I hope that tied to the Lions is a difference of why Pittsburgh doesn't make the playoffs. I know. That would be so damn funny. Well, I lost that one, but my most fun one, I was mm-hmm. I was on Twitter before the games, and I saw that the the Panthers kicker was scratched. Right. So I got all excited. I was like, "Oh, cool! No field goals. That's." I've I've never bet this. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet the under. And I did the alternate line for Panthers Bills. I took it up to 50 and a half. And I'm like, Oh, no that's ki- a good one. No kicker. There's no way this is getting there. So of course, like it's immediately like 14 to 8. And there's just the drives left and right. Cam Newton's like doing QB draws. And I'm like, are you kidding mm-hmm. me? They're gonna score 51 points this game. But it ended up covering. So I took that and I put that with a bunch. But then wait, but you're bare. I mean, that, that was a more exciting story than the way you're telling it. They had fourth and two. Right. Where they should have kicked the field goal just to go up. What was it? Wait, did they kick the no, they went, they ended up going for it. Yeah. It feels like to and they get it to and the only way you're gonna get that is you get a touchdown. Because if they get a first down they're running the clock out and they don't even cover the regular spread. Right. And they scored a touchdown. And then, but then Cam still had time to come down and they didn't do it. That was when no, he threw the pick. Bills yeah, that was good. So I had that with a bunch of stuff, but then I had a, the Niners, Dolphins, mm-hmm. Cowboys. And knowing that too, uh, I was going to be nervous and it was right. But the, the Niners, That's a fun one. the Niners, I just, we, we talked about this last week, 17 to one to win the NFC. Yeah. And now you look at it and it's like, do I like them more than the Cardinals? Yes. Do I like them more than the Bucks? From what I saw today, it's at least a conversation. Do right. I like them more than the Packers? Yeah, I think they could give them a really good game. I think that's a really good NFC title game. I think the mm-hmm. Niners, I don't, this is not hyperbole. 
I think they're <laughs> as good as anyone in the NFC. I really do. You mentioned that who's the second best running back in football after Jonathan Taylor. It might be Debo Samuel. <laughs> it really might be. Kittle is is monstrous, and they're making Jimmy G look good. Well, he only had a few incompletions, right? He was 18 for 23. Was, Jimmy G was awesome today. He really yeah. was. And Kittle, once again, when they really need something, he's going to make it happen, him or Debo. They didn't have Mitchell yet. They get Mitchell back next week, who's a far better running back than Wilson and some of these other guys. But each week, Garoppolo has gotten better. I've watched mm -hmm. a lot of Niners for some reason. I think because every week it's the late games are always, there's always like three games. But I thought early half of the season, really shaky. And there were moments and you always felt like he was going to throw one to the other team. But I think the last three, four weeks, he's looked like the Jimmy from a couple years ago. Have you seen that they or am I crazy? Me. They scare me the most. And you asked me point blank last week, who would you rather play the Rams or the 49ers? And this is before the Rams looked yep. really good against the Cards uh, Monday night. And I said the 49ers, I still would, I wouldn't want to play. I'd rather play Arizona at, at, if I had to pick one of those three teams right now, I'd rather play them. I think I'd rather so. play Arizona too. Well, right now it's Green Bay in the top seed, Tampa, Dallas, Arizona are all 10 and four. Rams are nine and four. San Fran's eight and six. So San Francisco is guaranteed a, a six seed basically, but they do play the Rams. They have week two 17. tough games. Yeah. yeah. They got at they Tennessee, have, uh, home at Tennessee, Houston, at Rams. Yeah. Yeah, they'll win the Houston game, and nine will be enough to get an NFC uh, seven seed, I think. But I think they went; they could be ten. Well, we'll talk about that line, which was surprising to me, anyway. Well, the point is, they're going to be either a five seed or a six seed. And the question I ask you, you might see them in round one, and that you're going to be bummed out. I know. I don't want to play them. I want to play. Uh, I want Arizona to keep sliding, and yeah. then just by accident get a seven seed. But back to Zane Gonzalez. If we learned one thing this year, it's that. Nobody has like a, a backup kicker. Right. Like, how did that happen? That a punter can't make an extra point, essentially, like a 32 yard field goal. Was, does that surprise you? I thought everybody had one other player who could, or did they, they have to bring in another, a whole nother kicker if this happens? I would be so bummed out at my punter if he didn't have the ability to at least kick like 30 yard field goals. It's like, what mm -hmm. the fuck? All you do is kick. Yeah. So it would be like if Kyle could only do sports podcasts, but pop culture is like, I, I, I don't know. You know I we, do we had Johnny Hacker on because he was an Oregon yeah. State grad and with the whole thing with the, you know, on, on against all odds. And I was like, wow, you really could socially distance yourself from from everybody. You could go the whole season aside from touching the same ball that the snapper uh, gets to you. You could be 12 yards away from everybody the entire year. And I was thinking like further, like you have a lot of downtime. Why? not make yourself into a good field goal kicker or yeah. a bad field goal kicker, but a good extra point kicker. So what did he say? Oh, I didn't ask him that. I was too much of a pussy <laughs> to ask him that. <laughs> well, a lot of the time they kick off with, uh, you know, the punters are yeah. the kickoff people. Right. I don't get yeah. it. It's it weird. It should be easier to kick Well, the other thing point. is you would figure every team has like one awesome athlete. You know, those athletes mm -hmm. that can just basically do everything. And in in, right. in high school football, they were also the ones that kick field goals. How do they not have that guy? Yeah. Like I would expect like the fat punter on the Steelers to be able to kick 55 <laughs> yarders. <but laughs> it's apparently not the case. Well, we could. I mean, the big prize, the one seed is great, but the two seed is also great in the NFC because you get to play the New Orleans, Washington, Philly, mini Atlanta. Although the way New Orleans played today, who knows? Yeah. You know, Dennis Allen hasn't coached for like 10 years. Is that what it was? Yeah. Thought he was pretty good today. All right. Let's do guess the lines. Every week, Sal and I, we try to guess the lines. 
that are upcoming for the next NFL week. And I win. John Harbaugh, <laughs> John Harbaugh said I win 58% of the time. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you, sh you shouldn't pick me. You're up 7-6-2 after 15 weeks because I won. But I'm, I am, uh, I'd be shocked. You'd have to be miserable in your picks to uh, not beat me this week. Well, before we do week 16, we should mention Oh, yeah. We we still have four, four games. games. Still we have Raider, <laughs> Raiders Browns tomorrow. You want to do like quick picks for these Raiders Browns? What's the line on that now? I guess so. Uh, I mean, you really get screwed if you had the Raiders some at some point this week, and then they changed it on it. Uh, let me find. So Browns are now a three point favorite, forty one and a half is the over under. I'm going to say Raiders. Just one last zagging? shot at the Raiders. Yep, zagging. What do you think? I like that the Raiders are underdogs. I like betting mm -hmm. against Baker Mayfield. And if I would not bet this game, but if I did, I would probably take the points. Yeah. Because it's, it's like Raiders way. lose, they're done. This is, in a weird way, kind of a semi-lose-relief town. Then the other mm -hmm. one, Vikings-Bears, um, which what's that line is now, like Minnesota six and a half against six Chicago? And a half. Yeah. Yeah, that feels upsetty. I'm going Bears. I'm taking yeah. all crap teams tomorrow. I might I might do it for Tuesday too. Let me let me look at this. But Bears, yeah, I like Bears. Bears looks a little upsetting. That that you never want the Vikings and Kirk Cousins on the road laying mm -hmm. a touchdown. Then Tuesday we have Seahawks Rams, which would that game have, that would have been today? Sure. Yep. Yeah, we needed that game. We we needed like one more game today. Yep. Uh that one is Rams by seven. But full touchdown. Yeah, it was it was gonna be like three or two and a half, three if um if they had played it Sunday. And it looks like the Rams have enough guys back that that actually might be okay to tease them. Mm -hmm. And then the last back. one is Eagles Washington. Eagles is six and a half right now. Mm-hmm. That's don't it feels like a Rams Eagles tease looks too easy, and I'm <laughs> probably not doing it. But Kyle Allen is the QB for Washington. So anyway, those are all the uh those are those are four pretty uninspiring games. I, and let's, I know, but let, let's and I know they wanted. So this is a Monday game anyway, and it doesn't matter. It's uh, Raiders Browns, but NFL lucks out again <clears throat> with these Tuesday games. Oh, they it's can the best. pretend that they. Oh, they yeah, pretend, they love it. Uh, we don't want to start moving games. They don't give a shit. They love of course it. Of they want Tuesday game. In fact, if they can move on to Wednesday, they would. Now they have two Tuesday. Well, I think we're gonna have Tuesday games the rest of the year. What do you think? Yeah, we'll have three more weeks of Tuesday games. Well, we're gonna have. Two, two. We have nothing Wednesday. We have a Thursday, nothing Friday, two on Saturday, all Sunday, yeah. and then Monday. So this But is, I think they'll well, a couple of those games will get moved too. I mean, I think oh, that's yeah. just yeah, it's not gonna end. All right. Well, let's go to Thursday night, week 16, 49ers Titans. By the way, I I started Ramondre Stevenson in our fantasy playoffs against our crazy friend Brad. Mm -hmm. And the only reason was I'm I was so scared of COVID. I didn't really have other options if Javante Williams got, he was the other guy I could have started for Denver. Right. But if he got scratched, I was basically a zero. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to grab the Ramondre points and hope he does well. I know I, I was looking at it like an hour before. He's like, he's playing. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm starting. Right. I know, I know I have points in this. I've never had that with fantasy before. We were just like grabbing the live body. By the way, Brad, speaking of live bodies, Brad's might not be for very long. He's very upset that he couldn't close the gap on you. He's down 18 yeah. against you now. He had but, Godwin who went out very early. I mean, that could have been. And he's got a couple. What does he have? He has, he has something else going tomorrow. He had, uh, he had Godwin and Gronk. Godwin mm -hmm. went out early and then Gronk got double teamed. 
did nothing. Yeah. I I started the I had the Packers defense, the Bucks defense, and uh, another good defense that's going. I'm looking here. Oh, and yeah, the Rams have, defense, uh, and I agonized over it, and of course went with the Packers, which was the worst possible move. I hate fantasy football. We do this every year. <laughs> it makes me hate myself. I always do the wrong move. He's down eighteen. He has Montgomery and the Vikings defense, and you're done. So yeah, uh, that's a fun one. Here's another one. I started. Like, I, I think so, so, some guy, somebody was rooting for uh, Simmons. Like, yeah, root for that guy. Yeah, he needs the eight hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> definitely root for him. <laughs> I started Chase Claypool over Valdez Scantling and Russell Gage. And Chase Claypool oh, wow. had, had seven rushing yards and 12 receiving yards. 1. I don't 9. know what, what made me think like this was the week that Ben Roethlisberger was going to be able to throw a spiral. This is why I hate <laughs> fantasy football. I, I really they win that game? hate myself. How did they win? Seriously. Know. All right. Thursday night, 49ers at the Titans. Mm-hmm. What a battle. This is a really good Thursday night game with uh with some actual ramifications because the Titans have not locked up nope. the AFC South by any means. And I don't think they're going to be favored. I think the 49ers have to be favored. I'm going to say 49ers by one. Now, they're not really smart, but smarter than I am here. I said a pick, and it's three and a half Whoa. 49ers are favored by. They're not our secret anymore, Simmons. No, they're good. Yep. That's a nice one. Hmm. Well, I'm going to figure out how to bet them. I'm riding them until they lose. That's a fun one. Saturday is Christmas. Uh, two games. Packers home for the Browns. This is ludicrous that we have to guess the line. The Browns play on Tuesday. We have no, no. idea. No, Monday. No, they play tomorrow. They play, play tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. We have no idea who's going to even be there on Saturday, but with that said, I'm going to guess Packers by seven. Ah, I said six at seven and a half. Mm. You're up two there. I love the Packers there. And I know it's yeah. not an amazingly short week. It's Monday to Saturday. Teams play Sunday to Thursday all the time, but they are just better. They're going through the motions. They know exactly what they know to want to do to win and whatever. They pull it out of their ass if they need to, and uh, or they'll run it up on you. I love them there. That's a pretty brutal spot for the Browns to play on Christmas in Green Bay five days after you've already played and you've had a whole bunch of COVID stuff. Not great. Surprise! Well, it's going to suck this. if they it's going to suck if they lose tomorrow or for them to lose tomorrow. Like, oh crap, we could have lost uh, Saturday and had the extra rest and mm. had all these guys back. But the other one is a fantastic game: Cardinals Colts. It's in Arizona. Um, every win is every game is a must win for the Colts at this point. And then the Cardinals, all of a sudden, I remember looking at this two weeks ago. I swear to God. And the I wanted to see what the odds for the NFC West were for the Niners. And right. I think they were like a hundred to one. It was like something completely was insane it? like two that. Two weeks ago? Yeah. Really? It was it was something completely batshit crazy like that. <laughs> um and then of well, course, what is it now? I mean, they're not going to win. The, they're still not going to win the division, right? Oh, I don't they're, know. Are they're they? fifty to one now. Jump on them now. Fifty to one now. Oh, I'm the 49ers, right? Yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. they're fifty to one. Right. So they were a hundred to one. Mm-hmm. But let's say they beat the Titans, and let's say the Cardinals beat the Colts. 
And then the Cardinals still have at Dallas and then home for Seattle. Like, I don't You're think it, the Colts beat the, yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. the Cards are a lock to win that division. And then the Niners get to play the Rams in the last week and they would have every timebreaker. 50 to 1 seems like de- a decent throwaway. Am I I'm crazy? Just looking at the Rams play. So they Rams have nine wins and four games left. That's the difference, though, right? They have Seattle at Minnesota, at Baltimore, and then San Francisco. 50 to 1's worth it. That team's good. If you like them 17 to, 17 to 1 to win an NFC, 50 to 1's fine for the West. You'd need the Rams to win one of those Minnesota Baltimore games at Minnesota, mm-hmm. at Baltimore, have them lose one. So the Niners could, the Niners would have to run the slate. Rams would have to lose one of those. Then the Niners would have to beat the Rams. Yeah. And you need the Cardinals to lose to Indy and at Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Not 50, impossible. Not impossible. 50 to 1 seems way too high. We're betting that when I, when I hang yep. up. Uh, okay. Uh, I have cards minus two and a half against the Colts. Wow. I said three and a half. It's two. I thought it'd be a little higher. Mm. I, I don't know why. Still this team, I guess it doesn't matter if they're home. They're better on the road anyway. And the Colts still need it more, right? That's why that's that low. And nobody wins well, at the home. Colts are playing way, way, way better, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Listen. I mean, it was nice news when you heard that Hopkins could be back for the NFC Championship. Like, NFC Championship? This team's going to struggle to make the playoffs now. You go ten and seven. Yeah, they're they're in a lot of trouble. That Hopkins thing. Who's their best offensive player? That's not Kyler now. Like R- Rondell Moore, all they do is like throw bubble screens to him. He doesn't seem like he runs any actual routes. Right. Kirk seems to be the guy that he leans on a little bit. AJ Green could get hurt tomorrow. I thought Ertz would be more impactful in that offense once they made that trade. Yeah, doesn't seem like they know how to get the ball to him. All right, Sunday's marquee game. I think it's Pat's Bills. It's in New England. Sure. Um, we'll see what the weather is. It would be funny if they ran the ball every time again. I have the uh, Pats by three over the Bills. Do I get this? I do. I said two and a half. It's two. Mm. No, we split it then. We do? Yeah. You? Oh, you no, said two and a half. It's two. Yeah, yeah, you win it. Yeah. See, yeah. this is how you get me. I play mind <laughs> games. It's late. Um. What was it when the Bills were home? Was it three? Was it a full three? It was three with weird yeah. weather. Right. We'll see. The weather probably isn't going to be awesome on Sunday either. I'm excited for this. It's a good one. Watchables. Bengals, Ravens in Cincy. Mm-hmm. Is this a loser leaves town match? No, only because the no? last three. Look at everybody's schedule. It's like you could go yeah. two and one. You can go one and two. I think there's going to be a ton of eight and sevens going into that last week. Can we call this a loser can't win the division match? Eight and seven going into next week. Sorry. Uh, Yeah, I think that you could do. All right. So so. So this is a... Loser uh, leaves a division. No, this is an elimination (laughs) match for the belt. Right. Yeah. Somebody somebody gets eliminated. I'm going to say Cincy by two and a half over the Ravens. Nailed it. I said three and a half. It's two and a half. Question, why didn't the line move when Lamar was ruled out? Was it because everybody knew he wasn't playing? I thought it moved. Didn't it go to nine? It, went up, it, it was nine all nine. day, though. So it, so people knew he wasn't oh, was playing, it? but it wasn't out yet. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. Yeah, it moved. Uh, they, they knew. When, the, yeah, the last time they moved, they knew it. Yeah, he's got to get rid of this diarrhea already. It's enough. I'm not sure the line should have moved that much. Like, do you think it's a massive drop-off from Lamar to Huntley? Huntley's good. I, <laughs> I guess don't know. he's okay. 
I don't. I guess it's okay. I think that that nine points seemed really stupid when you're actually watching that game. That seemed like that should have been seven points. Baltimore max. had. I mean, the, to me, it was like they, they had like four secondary guys out. They're only on the fourth yeah. string cornerback. True. You know? Rams are home for the Vikings. Oh no, I'm sorry. Rams are at the Vikings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, this looks like the kind of matchup that even though I'm going to try to fight it off. I'm not going to be able to. And I'm going to bet on the Vikings. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Do care to see what happens Monday? Now, this, I just know myself. I don't believe in this Rams team. And anytime the Vikes are dogs, I talk myself into them wow. because, because I hate myself. <laughs> I, I have the Rams by two and a half over the Vikes. That's exactly what I had. It's a full three. Full three. All right. Next one is Catherine Tappen. Home against Michelle Tafoya. I'm going to say <laughs> tapping by eight. Does she go missing? <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. All right. Eight, eight's fair, I think. As long as she shows up. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed the Tafoya jokes last week. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes we just have stuff on the pod just for you and I. We don't even care. I, I know. And then it becomes a big feature in the New York Post. <laughs> it, would it, kill, it would have killed them to add my goddamn name to the article. I, I, I helped make that funny. Or that we were Thanks, laughing Post. the entire time. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Chiefs home for the Steelers. <laughs> Wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a prediction. I don't think mm-hmm. Roethlisberger can match scores with Pat Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're crazy. You're, I feel, you, you I feel like I'm cheering you up. You were, you were like a shell of yourself <laughs> at the start of the pod. Now you're looking good. Well, I know, but here's what's getting me upset. I, I There's a lot of nines and tens out there. I know. I know. And you know what we're going to do. Well, you know what's going to happen to us. The line for this game should be seven and a half, but I know they're going to push it out of the teaser zone. So I'm going to say nine Chiefs by nine. I did. I said seven and a half and it's 10. So Mm. you get it. Well, that's a that's a teaser, right? They they don't even care that Pittsburgh needs it more. They do not want us teasing. Right. Uh, let's, let's take a break. We'll do the rest. This episode is brought to you by Verbo. You know, it is already stressful enough to deal with airports, delayed flights, bad weather. You want your actual where you're staying experience to be perfect, to be lights out. You don't want to have to worry about anything. When you book a vacation rental, you want to know exactly what you're paying ahead of time. The stress of getting hit with unexpected cleaning fees after your stay that can immediately cancel out all the great time you just spent unwinding. Thankfully, when you book with Verbo, you can see the total price upfront. There are no unpleasant surprises and the savings do not stop there, my friends. When you book with Verbo, you earn 2% cash back toward your next vacation through the One Key Rewards program, letting your money do the work for you while you've got your feet up. So while other vacation rentals can feel like a roll of the dice, relax knowing you booked a Verbo. Book your next private vacation rental in the Verbo app. This episode is brought to you by Taco Bell. If you're anything like me during a busy day at work, I need lunch that is just as fresh as it is delicious and easy. And the all new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell is exactly that. Made with high quality ingredients like seasoned slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, shredded purple cabbage, and avocado verde salsa sauce. The new Cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. All right, we somehow have nine games left. Barely watchables. Falcons <laughs> home for the Lions. 
I nor, normally this is a poop fecta, but I gotta say, <laughs> Falcons Lions kind of enjoy this one. You can yeah. tell this will be every time it comes on the red zone, you'll know something fun happened. Uh, I have the Falcons by three over the Lions. All right, I said six and a half. No, it's four, it's four and a half. You still get it. I know. I, I'm stupid. I don't know. They have four, four times as many wins or three times as many wins, but it will come down to a field goal here for sure. Matt Ryan, the some unbelievable goal line stands in the Falcons Niners game. And I was trying to think like, how long would the YouTube video be now of Matt Ryan inside the five yard line, just getting <laughs> stuffed and throwing incompletions. Like he has to have more of those than any quarterback in modern history. Right. Right. For he, had, sure. he had one today where he rolled out and for some reason thought he might be able to get it and rolled in and four guys hit him. And it looked like the Mo Lewis Bledsoe hit. He just got, yeah. Some guys just shouldn't roll out. Like they should just tell. They should show him those clips. Like Matt, don't roll out. You're not he should athletic. Be a punter's enough. formation. He should have like a 12, uh, 12 yard snap to him every time. Yeah, he wasn't that good. I, I will say they scored first. Yeah, in Atlanta, and they took it off the board. And I was cursing up a storm. Like, why do I do this every? I do it. It's been three weeks since they screwed me. Why can't I stay away? Because I bet the Niners, mm. much like you, I like them a lot. And then they took it off. I'm like, oh, now I got to clean up uh, the glass I broke here for no reason. They took it off. But I thought they were poised to screw us, and they didn't. I'm not sure I love Pitts the more I watch him. Does he have one touchdown? I have him on two of my three fantasy teams. Know, and too. it's like he's like six to seven points a game. and. Doesn't like, especially around, I thought around like the end zone, like inside the five, I thought that's where that guy would just be like this unbelievable weapon and they can't get him the ball. And I don't know if it's yeah, either going to draw, draw pass interference calls yeah. or he's going to score, right? They never go to him in big spots. It's weird. Now he's, he's one young. Touchdown. He, yeah, he's one touchdown. One touchdown. He's 21 years old, but I, I really thought he was going to be more impactful than, than he's he was. He's got to go back to college. He's got to go. He seems small. Like when you watch him, he doesn't seem like a tight end, you know, like Kittle looks like he's the biggest kid in the high school football game. I think it's the Jersey number. I don't know why. We yeah. Change it. This, but no, yeah, number Pitts, eight. Yeah. Pitts, go to 88. You'll see much scarier. Yeah, put a number after the eight. You're going to have to do it. Yeah. If anything, it'll make them seem wider. Char right. Chargers home for the Texans. The Texans were goddamn frisky today. I loved it. Davis Mills, who I think <laughs> the guy that Pats were the Pats were going to take if they didn't get back in the second round. And he's had now a couple games where it's like, all right, this guy, there's something here. I don't know what. He's but not bad. He's he not bad. Lose these games for them. It's like 19 for 30 or something. Over yeah, 200 yards. Like his demeanor. He's got like a calmness to him. Him and Fields, both of them, and Mac Jones, like those three guys. It's like kind of a calmness to them. That you talk about a line that moved, and Urban Meyer already gets canned, yeah. and and the line moves two points. Doesn't it seem like whatever the immediate narrative is? Yep. Go go against it, like. Oh, Urban's gone. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna rally the team because they hated him and they're gonna crush the Texans who beat him in week one. Like, yeah, that's the exact opposite of what happened. Yeah. <laughs> the Texans went up there and beat the crap out of him. We did we had the Texans in underdog parlay of the week, which yeah. won, by the way. We had Texans Bengals. So nice. that one hit. That was our fifth one of the year. But I also bet the Texans too for that for what you just pointed out. It, and it, maybe because we're getting older, I look for this more, but when people, these fake narratives that move the lines where there's no yeah. basis in reality at all, where it's like, wow, they're going to try harder because Urban's not really, are they? 
Maybe they just we should to have get like to the a therapist. The <laughs> yeah, like a therapist should sit down with us. Like, okay, what? All right, think about this. There's still the Jaguars. Why do you? Yeah, because they're the terrible. Gone. The coach right. didn't play ever anyway. And by the way, Trevor Lawrence is getting shielded for his oh yeah lackluster play by all this urban stuff. He like he's kind of the big winner in all this. Yeah, he, he makes some bad throws throughout the game. I don't watch college football that much, so I don't. I I didn't have the expectations other people have, but he doesn't jump off the TV screen when you're watching. I'll tell you that much. No. You would have no, no idea he was the number one overall pick. I think it's funny though that the default narrative was they were going to try harder because what? Because they're going to stick right. it to Urban. He's got fired with cause. Like there, what more damage could you cause the guy? He was completely humiliated yeah. for a week. I would have thought the narrative would have been like, "Wow, what a shit show!" I'm sure those guys just want to get the f out of there. And Absolutely. get to the spring, not like, oh, we're going to stick it to our coach. What do they care? And get the number one pick somehow. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, <laughs> mark that down. Let's look for that the next time that happens. We're we like should. fake narratives that have nothing to do with anything. Fake narrative alert. Um, Davis Mills may have done what uh, uh, many quarterbacks have not figured out, how to get Cooks the ball. Brandon mm. Cooks. <laughs> I think he, he may have figured it out. Over 100 yards. Yeah. Cooks was him. a big fantasy success this week. Yeah. So I have Chargers by nine over the Texans. Oh, what did I say? Um, no, I can't find this. Chargers are on the road, right? Yep. Yeah, you get it. I said eight and a half, and it's ten and a half. Mm. So, I would, I would beware people out there. I know. As much as the love we're giving Davis Mills, if the Chargers are going to make the playoffs, they have this is the game <laughs> they have to win, right? Unless you just don't think they make it. I would beware the Chargers. I don't trust that team. Staley, I ugh. well, we I know we were 0 for 4 again on fourth downs, but this is our team. <laughs> I I know I've blown four games this year, but this is what we do. Disaster. We're the Chargers. And uh, then not to cover in overtime. Next one. Good luck. Stupid. Good luck figuring out what this line's gonna end up being. But the Seahawks are home for the Bears. Both of them haven't mm. played yet this week. I'd said Seahawks by six. I have no idea. Yeah, you get it. I said five and it's seven. Yeah. You're just crushing me here. It's five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Well, I knew. I feel like you lost when you showed up on the Zoom. I think. Can we stop doing them? Isn't it like? Could it be like one of those uh, <laughs> Mercy match roll. games? But they don't have to play the last four holes. Eighth grade baseball, <laughs> or it just ends in the third yeah. inning. A mercy uh, roll. Well, we can go fast. Raiders, Broncos. It's in. Uh, it's in Vegas. And I don't think the line's at three. I think it's going to be Raiders by two over the Broncos. Oh. Oh, oh, shit. You got this one, too. I thought Denver would be favored, but you're right. The Raiders are favored by one and a half. Well, no Bridgewater. No, no, Drew, Locke, yeah. Drew Locke can't be favored. Actually, I guess I forgot about that. So they're done. That's a loser. I know we've probably said this every week for the last month, but that is a, for sure a loser leaves town. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that might just be loser. Those teams got to be out of it. Yeah. Poop factor. We got three. Jets home for the Jags. The Jets showed some stuff, I thought, this week, even though they ended up not losing. I thought they kept fighting. Mm -hmm. Um Salah's got to work on his, I can't believe something good just happened <laughs> face that he makes. It's like, you, well, you, he can't believe it. What are you going to do? <laughs> you got to work. You got to see, you got to see more confident after something good just happened. You can't just right. be like, Oh my God, we, yeah. Oh, we made a play. <laughs> um, I have jets by two and a half over the jacks. They were gritty. Uh, two and a half. I said four and you get it. It's only one and a half. Hmm. Okay. Eagles are home for the Giants. Like, I don't know what to think of the Jags real quick with that. With the, I mean, maybe they are going to tank the rest of the way. 
two and twelve. Lawrence right? will have one good game out of these next three, right? Yeah. He can't well, he, he couldn't have been this good in college and been this unforget been this forgettable as a pro. Here's the thing. At Jets, at New England, for sure a loss versus Indy. Mm. That's gonna be a loss too. Yeah, you're right. This is one this has gotta be it. Yeah. Eagles home for the Giants. I think they have to knock this out of the teaser zone. I have Eagles by nine. I don't know what happened to me. I really need to go back to boot camp or something. Spread boot camp. I said eight, and it's uh, it's ten. So you get it. Last one, this Buck is- Bucks Panthers. This is in Carolina, right? Uh, it is in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Let me check this because the I I I guessed this before the extraordinary loss by the. Uh, I'll give you Boxing. a redo if you want. No, you already know it. I'm not, I'm not taking your pity. It's fine. I already lost. Um, <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, I have, yeah. I'm not going to change mine. I had bucks by nine. I think this has to be out of the teaser zone. You know, it's 13. Oh my god, that's stupid. Uh, maybe it's not stupid after watching Cam try to complete passes. Yeah, I guess you have to think of the other team too. I said eight and a half, so you get that anyway. Good for you. Do you think when they have the QB meetings with Cam, they're like? <laughs> no, you it looked great. I I guess the one thing I might work on is like when the guy's open, like throw it to the guy and not to the ground and don't throw it to the other team would be my two like, notes. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get back to you. I'm working on my celebration dance <laughs> yeah. here. He's like, rewind, rewind my celebration dance. I got a four-yard scamper in me somewhere. <laughs> it's so funny when they're in the five and you just know the QB draws come in, the other team right. is surprised every time. It's like, of course they're going to, they, they have one right. move. Nothing left. Sunday night, Cowboys, your Cowboys are home for the Washington team. I would have said eight, but I'm sticking with my teaser strategy. I think they make this nine so we can't tease this with anything. Oh, I lose this again. I said 11 and a half and it's 10. Mm. You were closer. That is straight. I, it is weird with the Cowboys and Chiefs. Like they're doing it with defense. Their defense. Mm. I mean, not not the Chiefs for that Chargers game necessarily, but um, we we beat up. We beat the hell out of Jake Fromm, and who is the other guy? <laughs> Mike Lennon with the long yeah. back. It's nice to not have to worry about the Giants game. Anyone twenty one six. That's why this whole thing the Chargers were. It's like, yeah, oh, you guys score touchdowns. Cuba the Chiefs. It's like I'm not sure. Not this Chiefs right. team. Maybe right. just try to get points and control the flow of the game. Monday night sucks. Saints, Dolphins, Tua versus Taysom Hill, two of the gimmick QBs that we have. You could say loser leaves town here. That's maybe fun. Okay. Loser leaves town. Seven and seven versus six and I seven. I feel like the Dolphins are already like, they're, they're packed seven and they're and at seven. the bus station. Yeah. I have yeah, the Saints. Seven and seven. Saints by three. And you get this one. Wow. This might be the. This is the most lopsided week we've ever had. I had two and a half. It's three and a half. One, two, three, four, five, six, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Fifteen to one. And I, the one oh I got God. was the Patriots. How did I <laughs> and the Patriots was the one I got? Your team. Wow, we've never had a Jesus. shellacking like that. My God. You just listen, Ugh. tomorrow's a new day, so. <laughs> I can't take it. It's too much to I, listen, I'm 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 doing six podcasts a week. I'm like, oh, we gotta change that. We got to re-edit that because Lockett's not playing. Oh, I said something about this guy playing. We got to take that out. I'm dizzy from all this already. You, you need Please. a break. Listen, oh. tomorrow you have two COVID football games. Michelle Tafoya's back. Like, things are looking up. 
Cowboys yeah. are right, playing well. Got I'm going to ask Michelle Tafoya where she was hiding because I may have to go there. Why don't you have, have her on a pod? Them. That'll be great. A timeshare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. It's time for Parent Corner. Today's Parent Corner is brought to you by CarMax. When you buy a car, you really want it to be a good fit for you. Finding it and buying it should also be just the way you want it. At CarMax, you can shop on your terms, online and in-store, any combo of the two, plus express pickup and home delivery in select markets. So learn more at CarMax.com. CarMax. Car buying reimagined. All right, Sal, you're up. All right. Well, uh, I know you like basketball, so let's talk basketball and mm. kids. So um, my kids' rec league, my eight-year-old is going to be eight next week. His rec league was canceled. The whole thing was canceled. And I could see like two weeks, but it hasn't even started. They haven't even had practices yet. Practices were supposed to start in two weeks. And then it was supposed to go from like January to March. And they can't. How do you cancel a whole season already? Isn't that a little crazy? COVID? Uh, yes. Good guess. It, yeah, it was because of COVID. But <laughs> is that weird that we're canceling seasons already? Um, we can't just take it week by week for a little bit before we cancel that? Well, maybe the, anyway, coach, the coaches didn't want to coach, maybe? That might be it. But that bummed me out. But my other son, my middle son, who's not as athletic mm. as the uh, oldest who plays football and the youngest who plays everything, has decided he wants to be the manager of the basketball team in his school. Oh, yes. And I have mixed feelings. Of, no, they're not even mixed. I don't, I don't like it. At all. There's, not, no, there's not one thing I like about it. So I think he gets like towels for them and he keeps score and does other stuff at the scores table and like checks guys in. And uh, I don't love it. What What do you what? Why did you say? Oh, yes. I just I it. think it's good for parent corner. Oh, OK. Yeah. Your your son having any of your sons having an actual job, I think, is a win for parent corner. <laughs> Well, do I talk him out of it? I mean, no. I'd rather him just play golf or something. No, talk him you into know? it. It sounds really? great. Yeah. Take, play, take a, not really? Like Wait. go horseback riding, something? You tweeted out, I think you tweeted out, or maybe you texted me that you went to the uh, Jimmy Bowl yeah. and you had, your sons were there, but Harry, your friend Harry was there, yeah. who was shirtless, swinging his shirt, trying to get the crowd going. And then it seemed like your kids also had their shirts off. No, that wasn't them. That was the Utah State kids in the next booth. And uh, I uh, yeah, I wouldn't have them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, that was Harry's punishment for convincing us all to take the over. But yeah, so those are my, um, I don't know. I, I I need to be talked into this. It, it doesn't seem like a good spot for uh, anyone related to me. It seems too important a job. I love it. I I think you should do it. You finished the Fox. That, that was the last Fox game on Thursday. Did you win that one? That was no, it. I didn't see it. I did. I won. I won my last three. I had uh, I had oh. the Chiefs. I got lucky. They won in overtime. Oh, and now there's probably going to be three more Fox games on Tuesday. So who knows what, what goes on? Oh, my God. But uh, that's it. My uh, my parent corner is there was a secret Santa in my son's school. Mm -hmm. And he didn't tell us. And then he was asking us for $15 on the morning of, I think, Thursday. He's like, can I get $15? And I was like, just go on my wallet. I think there's a 20 in there. It's like, no, I need 15. So my wife, who now can see through <laughs> everything with him, was like, all right, what's going on? Why do you need $15? And he's like, it's because we have Secret Santa at school and the gift was supposed to be like $15. So I was going to just give somebody $15. And we're like, no, no, that's not how it works. He's like, all right, all right, right. I have an idea for a gift. And he disappears, comes back. And he's got some envelope <laughs> and uh, 
And my wife's like, what's that? What's in the envelope? And he's like, no, I got, I, I had a gift. And my wife's super suspicious. So grabs the envelope, opens it. And it's my son's bracelet. One of like, he, a bunch of different weird bracelets he wears. One of the bracelets, he was putting the envelope like it was a new bracelet. And that was what he was going to give for Secret Santa. So my oh, wife really? then intervened on that. And then they <laughs> finally figured out some sort of gift. But uh, he was going to keep the cash and give a, a, a used bracelet that he was done with. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I it love went. it. So um, <laughs> we intervened on that. And then we tried to explain to him the, um, you know, the spirit of Christmas and giving <laughs> and all of those things, which apparently went right over his head. You know so. what's good? I would recommend to him, and I'm a loser, so this, you know, this might not be good for everyone. Scratch off lottery tickets. People are excited to see yeah. scratch off lottery. Great tickets, idea. You're right. Right at, at any age, really. Yeah. 15, any any 13, age. Yeah. Scratch off lottery tickets. There's always a a prayer that you can win a hundred bucks, a thousand. Probably not. Probably I'll lose them all. But it's fun. The other thing with my son, he's now doing like a hundred push-ups and sit-ups a day and now yeah. has like an eight pack and walks around like Michael Phelps and all of us <laughs> just are like, what's going on? I don't know what's going to happen when he starts lifting. Like well, I'm, I'm honestly Phelps, scared. Michael Phelps fell in love with the bong. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> maybe maybe that'll yeah. work. Your, <laughs> did your son have to lift for football? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And still in the off season. Did he, he was he, did he get ripped after Did it change his body yeah. at all? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't, uh, this all, is going to be some in. subplot. Yeah, because he's playing tackle next year, so there's this whole yeah. thing, and I I can't wait to uh, to narrate it here in parent. You're going to have to be the one wearing the helmet though around the house if he's if he's ripped and wearing playing tackle. Well, that's the thing. He now like tackles me when I'm lying on the couch, <laughs> and he's always trying to get in fights. It's like having a dog. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, Kyle, watch out. He comes over. He thinks Kyle is like a tackling dummy, and Kyle like kick his ass. Oh, that's it for yeah. Kyle. Anyway, all right, that's it for Parent Corner. Today's Parent Corner is brought to you by CarMax. The CarMax Love Your Car Guarantee lets you test drive a car for 24 hours. That means you can see how it really feels when you use it for a day, like when you're taking the kids to practice or driving around to see the family during the holidays. Make your test drive count. Learn more at CarMax.com. CarMax, car buying reimagined. All right, so next time I'm going to see you, it will be after Christmas. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna we're gonna record day after Christmas because why the hell not? Let's we do it. Yeah, we don't take not? weeks off. We're not like the NBC no, crew. You can't. Yeah, you can't. We're as here. We're the part, NFL is part of people's lives. Yeah, I love it. In fact, I have uh, I have Fox Bet Live tomorrow, and we're on right opposite the Vegas uh, Cleveland game, so no one's gonna watch us. <laughs> but maybe tune in for. I mean, we're on just when it kicks off. I can't even imagine anybody. Watching us because it's a 2 p.m. out here. Savvy. The Extra Points Podcast Network against the odds tomorrow. We'll go over the Monday night football game, first touchdown, props, all kinds of stuff. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll see you. I'll, I'll talk to you on text. I'll, I'll never I'll, see you again. For We're the all Zoom. In our houses forever. For yeah. the Zoom, I'll wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh, yes. Stay safe. And, uh, and I hope you do better next week, gambling wise. Thank you. I don't want I somber to... sound next week. I want like, Happy life of the party. I just want all these bets out next week. I know. It's just the problem is I can only afford scratch off lottery <laughs> tickets for my kids this year. <laughs> all right. Good job by you. Good job by you. This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Look, every athlete knows that whether you're hitting the field, the track, or even the tarmac, you need the right shoes. And the Brooks Go 16 comes close to perfect. Letting you focus on the fun of running. 
They've got this nitrogen-infused cushioning that keeps your run nice and soft while still being lightweight enough if you want to pick up some speed. For the comfort seekers, you know, like me, you've seen my walk and talks on my YouTube channel. They've got a fresh new midsole design and crash pad to keep your joy ride feeling breezy. Plus, it's got an enhanced upper to give you the right amount of stretch and structure. Sneakers, running shoes, walking shoes. It's so important. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins in the better than ever Brooks Ghost 16. So great shoes. Click or tap the banner to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, the Ringers, Kevin O'Connor is here. We are taping this on Sunday night, NBA Trades After Dark. We like to call it. Uh, we should probably call it, are we sure we're going to have a season after dark? I'm I'm not concerned they're going to cancel the season, but I've also never seen anything like this where all hell is broken loose. You've covered a little on the mismatch with Verno a few days ago, but now we're in a situation where they're starting to cancel games. People are wondering if they're going to just press the pause button for two weeks, which I don't really necessarily know how that's going to help because it seems like we're going to keep getting, uh, getting the positive tests and all this stuff. So I don't really know what the answer other than just kind of put your head down and keep going forward. Am I wrong? What do you think? I mean, that's what it seems like they're going to be doing. I mean, two weeks to quote unquote flatten the curve is not going to do anything for the NBA. So, or for any of us. So for the NBA at this point, does it seems like my impression is bill that they're going to just deal with the replacement players. You're going to have a bunch of G leaguers for former NBA guys like Isaiah Thomas getting opportunities and, and teams are just going to, you know, plow through this next couple of two, three weeks, two, three months, whatever it might be. And they're going to try to avoid as many cancellations as they possibly can. The difficulty here is, though, with these postponements, all these arenas are booked up with, you know, NHL games, college graduations, concerts, whatever other type of events. It's going to be a lot harder than it was last season when they were largely unbooked to reschedule a lot of these games. So for the NBA, I mean, there's a heck of a lot of challenges um, for the next couple of weeks here, but it, it seems like the replacement players are, are going to be ugly basketball, but it's going to work for teams to at least get through the games. couple things. There will be noon or 1 p.m. afternoon games, I think, just to move things along. If arenas are booked, they can still have like a 12 o'clock Wednesday afternoon game if they have to get them under the wire. They can refund season ticket orders, whatever. Second thing, this is setting up for one of the great sports movies of all time. Because we had this with Keanu Reeves and the replacements, a movie that is <laughs> has been circling the rewatchables feed now for three, four years. It's always on. So people, more people than me must like it. But that premise of that was it was an NFL strike season. Keanu's this, he's Shane Falco, the former uh, college quarterback who went down in disgrace, comes back, gets his second chance. This is going to happen in some of these NBA games. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is a famous example of that, but we both know that there's just a shitload of talent out there. And sometimes it comes down to, I just never got a chance, you know, look at Gary yeah. Payton the second, you know, he's 28 years old and has every team has stared at him, but now all of a sudden, you know, he was able to find his way in a championship rotation. But do you feel like there's, 
some sports movie potential, some guys <laughs> that nobody knows about floating out there ready? I mean, I, I was thinking about that over the weekend. I, I was texting with, with an executive. I was like, do you think there's any G leaguers right now who are going to get an opportunity and they're going to stick in the league? And he says to me, almost exactly what you said. No, it's going to be more like the replacements with Keanu Reeves. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just going to be ugly. I'm not sure if he just wasn't showing his cards with the G leaguers he likes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's potential here. You got Isaiah Thomas signing with the Lakers bill and he looks solid in his first game. There's potential a guy like Isaiah Thomas stays on a roster the entire season and has a moment in the playoffs and they got that opportunity because of the absences now. And I mean, there's a, there's a lot of ways to discuss what's going down right now in the world and in the NBA. Um, but there are a lot of people getting an opportunity they otherwise never would have gotten. Whether it's the names we know, like Isaiah Thomas, or the names that we don't know, I, I hope we get a guy who you know carves out a role, even if they're like a fifteen-minute-per-game player, and they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars because of the opportunity that they're given during this stretch. I, I think that would make a pretty good story. Well, you'd think like uh, Daniel Gafford last year, who was just an afterthought in the Bulls for a while, and then goes to Washington. All of a sudden, was like, "Whoa, look at this guy! Who's this? This is." And it was just an opportunity. We know there are talented guys. Like there's like oh, yeah. the Marvin Bagley types that you look at it and you go, all right, well, if they, what would it be like if somebody just played him for 35 minutes a game for three solid weeks? Would he put up stats? Could you win with somebody like that? But I do think there's guys like that. And then there's the guys who, for whatever reason, nobody gave them a chance. They go overseas. Maybe they come back. They're usually in that 25 to 28 range. Maybe they had some baggage in their early 20s that they've kind of settled their life down. But that's going to be one wrinkle. I, I think the other thing is if we miss games and especially with the playing tournament and it comes down to so-and-so has 78 games and the other team has 80 games and things like that, I, I think the playoffs could be really complicated to figure out. And they're complicated in general. Like you look at the West and I don't really like anybody other than what, the top three, the top four, and you start looking at Every team you go down, Dallas, Denver, Clippers, and you could poke holes in all of these teams, which is why I think the Memphis thing has been so much fun. But um, who knows? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see about that. And one other thought uh, that's been on my mind this weekend is how much does, and I'm curious about this for you, Bill, how much does the last couple of years with all the COVID factors in the NBA change the way that you'll assess this period of NBA history? So... <laughs> Now I'm going to get in trouble, but I do think the the bubble playoffs were both an incredible achievement, but then also something that we just have to, it's not an asterisk. It's just was such a different way to have a playoffs where everybody was able to get in shape on their own terms. And then it was basically this 10 week sprint that seemed to rely a lot on how close the team was, um, how healthy you could be, how you could handle being in the bubble. So I I don't know if it was... I wouldn't say it was worth less than a normal playoffs, but I just think it has no comparison to any other playoffs we've had. There's no way to compare that to any other season. So it's just kind of over here and it's impressive. The Lakers won and Miami fought through all that stuff. But um, I think maybe the same will end up happening this year in some ways, just because we're going to see teams that are good that maybe because of COVID or some fallback are going to be a six seed instead of a three seed, or they're going to be in the play-in tournament instead of being a four seed. And the obstacles they have to overcome, I just think, are going to be harder. We saw how that derailed the Lakers last year. Yeah, I mean, and we'll also see how the NBA changes the protocols. I mean, the NFL just made it so, what is it, that only uh, vaccinated 
vaccinated players are tested if they choose to or if they had a high risk, you know, close contact, but they're not getting tested daily like unvaccinated players were. And the Athletic had the story last week saying that the NBA's thought about it, but they're not going to do it yet. Well, I mean, maybe they'll do it by April for the playoffs, right or wrong, whether that's the correct thing to do. Um, I mean, that would also change the way these playoffs are going to be handled, too, because, you know, if you're having a, if you have a fully vaccinated team, that means technically you're not getting tested daily like teams would be that have unvaccinated players. I mean, it further incentivizes players mm. to get vaccinated, even if that doesn't stop transmission of the virus. Strange times ahead. Strange well, times, Bill. <laughs> speaking of strange, Kyrie now coming back and, you know, the, the, the story coming out this weekend was like, you know, the Nets have reevaluated this. They need bodies. They need help. They can't afford to be precious anymore. Conspiracy Bill, of course, is going in a completely different direction. I think they're looking at him and I'm not reporting this, so don't aggregate it. Um, I just think they're looking at him as an asset. They're trying to make their team better. They don't have enough to win the title. Hmm. You can't trade him if he's not playing, right? Why else would you do a 180 on where you were two, two months ago? Makes no sense to me. There's two options here. One option is they know they can't trade him unless he's playing. The other option is Durant, which has been rumored and who knows if this is true or not, but Durant, really went to management and for the first time and was like, hey, let the guy play. What are we doing here? So I think it's one of those two. I personally think it is the Kyrie trade possibilities and the fact that you can't trade this guy if he's not playing. What do you think? I think it's simply the fact that Kevin Durant is playing 37 minutes per game and he's coming off of a major, major, major injury. And they're like, we can't keep doing this. We, I mean, Steve Nash spoke about it last week, Bill. He said, I mean, like, he's been amazing. He wants to play every minute. He's producing in every minute. He's playing an MVP level, but we can't keep doing this. So, I mean, for for the Nets here, I, I think it makes logical sense to protect Kevin Durant more than anything else. And I'm sure him going to management is probably a factor. Um, but for, even just simply from their standpoint, protecting Kevin Durant is of the utmost importance. You, you have to find out if Kyrie is an asset or not. Either is an asset that can help you this season or he's an asset that you can turn into an asset that can help you this season. But one or the other, he can't help you if he's not playing. I think it's suspicious that in two months they went from being like, no, this is what we got to do. We don't want any distractions of the team to being like, hey, welcome back. He's just going to play road <laughs> games. These are smart people. You don't just do a 180 for no reason. There has to be a reason. I, I think, I, I mean, to your point, Bill, I mean, like I said, I think short term, it's 100% to protect Kevin Durant, to alleviate the workload on him, try to get his minutes down. But, the, the 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 trade rumors about Kyrie Irving being a guy that they're open to dealing that's not going to go away. It's hundred percent not going to go away. So with Kyrie Irving, if you get a month plus of him producing still at an All NBA level, that's naturally going to make any other team, say like a, a Dallas Mavericks, mm. a team a team that wants a secondary ball handling presence that isn't a state that doesn't have the rules that New York does. So Kyrie could be a every game player a team like that might find actual reason to play Kyrie Irving. Cause right now we don't know what Kyrie's going to look like not having basketball conditioning, not playing for a couple months. Now he looks lean, very thin. And some of the videos that have been posted online, he probably needs to get back into basketball shape. We'll see what level of player he is. I'm sure it won't take long for him to get back to the Kyrie Irving we've seen for years. Um, but for the Nets, their priority now is protecting Katie and whether that means keeping Kyrie Irving long-term or not, it's about protecting uh, Kevin Durant. So the fourth year of that contract when he's making $53 million uh, is not an albatross. They need to keep him healthy. 
Well, you said that Kyrie is back to the player he used to be. That also includes the player he used to be, which is a roller coaster ride. You're right. Right. And You're right. so and Katie has me, seen that now for a couple of years now, Bill. He's seen that too. Well, this shows to me there's desperation in some form. The league is better, right? And I think they know that if they have no Kyrie, even if Harden even plays better than he does, even if he can make some sort of trade, there's who knows if like Joe Harris could be on the table at some point for a trade. But um, they don't have enough, I don't think, to win four straight playoff rounds with this current roster. They do miss that Kyrie ad lib, wild card, irrational confidence, could score 16 points in a quarter thing. But you're also getting all the stuff that comes with it. And he's been pretty erratic now for really since the 2016-17 season. So that you're getting that too. So you don't think they have enough right now to get through the Bucks, Bulls, Heat? I don't think they have enough to get through the Bucks unless the Bucks have somebody that get injured. I mean, the Bucks have been pretty dominant with their big three. I just think if they're, if they're healthy, I'm still taking them. And Giannis and KD, if they, you could just cancel them out. Let's say KD's awesome in this series and Giannis is awesome. We're canceling it out. And now we're just going two through 12 against each other. I like the Bucs. If, if I'm betting my life on it, I'm betting the Bucs. And I think I think the Nets need to look at the center position. Aldridge has been pretty good. Blake Griffin has not been the same guy. Nick Claxton, I love him. I love Nick Claxton so much. He's so switchable, but he hasn't proven that he can stay healthy, hasn't proven that he can play heavy minutes with any consistency. Paul Millsap's not the same guy. Dayron Sharp's only a rookie. All their other quote-unquote bigs are actually smaller guys like Bruce Brown. So for Brooklyn... I mean, they, they got to be scouring the market here for another big in their rotation for the inevitable, you know, potential playoff series against the Giannis. And if Brooke Lopez is playing for that matter, it even emphasizes the need for finding a big even more. So, I mean, for Brooklyn, they're not they're not a complete roster. I think they should be number two behind Milwaukee in the East, in my opinion. Agree. Uh, but they do need some changes regardless. Well, the good news for them is that's the easiest position to find somebody. Everybody a has lot too of many, everybody has too many centers and nobody really wants to play their centers. In general, it's about 48 minutes for a center, but then sometimes teams go small, so maybe it's like 36 minutes. What a what a what does Sean Marks and the Nets say if Dallas calls up and they say, Hey, KP for Kyrie? Yeah, I mean, that's been we've been kind of circling that one for a while. If I, I think this is when we get to fake trades after dark. If I'm Dallas, I'm trying to figure out a way to keep KP, at least for now and try to figure out how I can improve the team without sacrificing KP, even though it's weird to say sacrifice because I'm not even sure how much value he has. I think if you turn Kyrie into KP, you do it. If I'm the Nets, why am I doing that? Yeah, I like, agree. I, I like, want to do it if I'm Brooklyn. Could I just get Robin Lopez or you know somebody on that caliber and roll the dice with that kind of caliber of player? Try to grab somebody in the five to eight million or wait till uh, a buyout guy? They'll be yake, first in line for buyouts, guys. Jacob Pertle. Jacob Pertle from San Antonio. Mm. How about that name? I'd target him. So he's, what's he making? Like eight or nine? He's in that yeah, range, right? Eight or nine million dollars. Two years yeah. left. Can't shoot free throws. That's about all he can't do. Well, that gets to NBA trades after dark. The the one that I I was all excited to spring on you, and then I actually did some, some hardcore <laughs> research on it, and it got to a, wait a second, I don't even know if they do that, was the Murray Simmons trade that's been out there. It's, and it's an easy one. It's DeJounte Murray. And Thad Young for Simmons. And for San Antonio, it's a reboot. And you could argue from their side, like they're now getting a top 25 guy on paper. At least he was last year. With a higher upside, maybe, than Murray. But man, first of all, the eye test with Murray, 
uh, he's turned into a fairly dominant end of the game guy. Like if you're doing rankings of point guards, I think he's vaulted a couple dudes this year. Uh, he's got, he's got a real attitude to him. There was a Celtic game a while ago where, um, he just kind of, he had a little something, something, a little extra. And maybe that's a two year injury that he had, but sometimes that's a year and a half, sometimes two, but then defensively he's like 19 and eight a game. And if I'm the Spurs, I don't think I'd do it. I think I would rather keep him than deal with the Simmons soap opera. What do you think? How about Derek White in place of DeJounte Murray? Nah, that? That, no, nah, I'm off. Feel, if, if I'm Sixers, I'm off. I need okay. somebody. Well, what, at least give me San, somebody good. What if San Antonio is adding additional picks in addition to that? Or is it, is it just a no-go with Derek no, White I, in a deal? You need Murray. I need somebody that will help me try to make the, make the finals this year because I have the window with Embiid. Otherwise, I'm keeping Simmons. I mean, I think it's at the point with San Antonio with, with DeJounte Murray. He's improved a little bit every year as a jump shooter. And the last couple of weeks, he's shooting the ball better than ever before. It looks smoother than ever. And we'll see how, you know, the results play out over the course of the season. But I'm with you, Bill, with DeJounte Murray. His defense has for a long time been all defensive caliber. Offensively, he's been able to pass for a long time now. His at-rim finishing is very good. He's gotten a floater, better mid-range. His jump shot has gotten better. And he's become like a virtual triple-double guy every single night. And like, obviously, triple-doubles, Russell Westbrook, blah, 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 this and that. But he's putting up numbers. I mean, he's not turning the ball over. He's rebounding the ball and creating transition opportunities. He's scoring yep. with better efficiency. Like, I think for San Antonio, he's gotten to the point where he's not a, an untradeable. There's very few untradeable players. But he's at that, at that level where it's like, do we really want to give him up for a guy that sat out the whole year, that might not want to be here, that only has one, one extra year left on his contract over Murray? I don't I don't see San Antonio doing that. I think they're in a position now where it's like they're looking for Jacob Pertle deals because they have Zach Collins coming back soon. They signed him to a $22 million deal for three years. So yep. very young. Or Derek White. They're two older young guys. White's 27, Pertle's 26. Keeping all the guys who are under 25 years old would be my expectation for San Antonio. I think I agree. I don't think I would trade Murray for Simmons. Which now, is weird it, to say, isn't it? Imagine before the year, if you had said like, yeah, Murray for Young for Simmons. That's the whole trade that would be on the table. If you told me that in September, I'd be like, oh my God, of course San Antonio is <laughs> doing that. But now I, I, I think their fans would be bad. I think Murray has been... He's so one good. Of the, one of the he's success so stories of the under 25 guys this year. And the other thing is, he's hitting that, the Mike Conley like 10, 11 years ago range where he's just now a really good player on a team that nobody's really watching and nobody's focused on. And there's going to be about two years here as the people on basketball, the basketball universe, like underrated, underrated. I think he might be the new underrated guy. I think he's submitting his candidacy. It, some it, people graduate from that, you know? Kind of like DeRozan. I mean, DeRozan right. for a couple of years in San Antonio, he's getting better every year, becoming an elite ISO scorer, better as a passer. And then yeah. he goes to Chicago and suddenly... Whoa, DeRozan's actually I know. way better than he was in Toronto. Uh, DeJounte right. Murray could definitely see the same thing happen. Yeah, so I'm scrapping that one. I'm I'm trying to figure out, I have a Dallas thing, but why don't you go with your trade and then I'll do mine after. All right, I, I'm, I'm going to go with something that relates to a conversation I had with a handful of NBA people over the last week. This is not reporting or anything. Um, but with DeMontis Sabonis, I've, I've been asking around, like, who are the teams mm. to watch out for? And a handful of people have said to me, Look out for some, you know, younger teams, teams that might not actually be contending, contending teams right now. And so 
One of them mentioned, think about teams that have had interests in him in the past. So I'll go straight to Oklahoma City, the team that actually had him and drafted him. Oklahoma City trading Derek Favors and, you know, however many picks it takes with their 400 first round picks they have to get Sabonis. Pairing him with Shea Gildas-Alexander, you get Sabonis at 25 years old. You're able to consolidate your picks now which is going to happen eventually. They have too many picks. They're going to have to consolidate, whether that happens on draft night or free agency or before the deadline. It's going to happen. So why not do it for Sabonis, a guy that they've been proven to like before, considering they drafted him. They have all these picks. He's only 25 years old. He fits a position of need. He'd be an ideal fit with Gildas Alexander because Sabonis can move the ball, can play without Mm. the ball. They could run, pick, and roll together. I mean, to me, like it just makes way too much sense for Oklahoma City to at least explore that. And not only that, Bill, they'd still suck. They could still get a high pick with their own first rounder. Well, I think if you did that, You'd uh, you'd have to hire the person who tried to injure Tanya Harding to try to just take him out with like a calf injury <laughs> for six weeks, so he wouldn't play. I actually think if you had him, if you had him, Lou Dort and SGA, I actually think you'd have oh. to be worried you're winning down the stretch. Bill, I you think you Lou really Dort? have to have conversations. Lou Dort's been going nuts. You see Harrell Bob tweeting about him the other day. Oh yeah, I, I love I love Bob being back on Twitter now that he's not with Dallas anymore. He's a great yeah. Twitter presence. Yeah, he's he's a binge. He's like Deion Waiters too. He's like a binge tweeter. If he, he'll get fired up about something, hey, he's just he's great. firing him out. Um, but, Lou, but Lou Dort's been awesome. Like that dude's figuring it out. He hasn't, you know, it's, the shooting is still not consistent, but it's better than it was when he had like the uh, 0 for 8 in, in the playoff series between OKC and Houston a couple of years ago. That dude's averaging nearly 20 points per game. The tragedy is that they didn't thank Shagoon with that pick. And I, I can't believe they didn't. Because they're in the upside business, right? And that's like that that was the ultimate upside guy in the draft. And they kind of rolled him over into these two more future picks. When uh I don't know, I just I just would have taken him. So Sabonis on a young team. I like it. At the same time, I I I kind of want him in this year's playoffs in some form. I, I keep looking at the Celtics trying to figure out how to make it happen. Makes sense. Makes sense. You so you don't think there's any sort of a smart Robert Williams type of thing that could work? for both sides there? Sure. Yeah. I don't see why not. I, Boston is 100% one of the teams that I, I think make a lot of sense for Sabonis. No doubt about it. I guess for for me, I don't know what Carlisle wants because w- what we know with Carlisle is like if you're a Sabonis, you're a poor Zingas, you're some sort of center that likes to have the ball either away from the basket or you have to run. He's not a huge fan of that, right? He's a fan of like perimeter guys where the offense can revolve around them with shooters and the ball moves. But what's weird about Sabonis is the ball moves with Sabonis. I would have thought that would have been a Carlisle guy, but it doesn't seem like either he can't figure out how to play him with Turner or he just doesn't like him. I don't know. What's your take on that? I mean, Carlisle, he did the same thing with Chris Haps Porzingis and rightfully did it. I mean, Porzingis stunk at post-ups a couple of years ago and, and he minimized it and he's a good three-point shooter for his size. Sabonis, it doesn't make sense. He's a pretty good post player, a pretty good elbow facilitator and a poor three-point shooter. I mean, it just it's, it just, it's not a fit between Carlisle and Sabonis. Um, so for them, I mean, I think Sabonis has been a little bit undervalued Me too. Through, through all of this, like the way people are talking about him. I mean, he's 25 years old. He's a two-time All-Star, has the ability to generate offense for you. Um, you know, on Zach Lowe's pod last week, when I was on with him, Zach made the point, Sabonis isn't the type of guy where he, like, whips the ball around the floor. He likes to hold it. And, yeah. I, and I think that's true, but it's definitely true in Indiana. But I'd love to see him with more talent around him. 
You know, if he's on a team with a heck of a lot of talent, we've seen flashes of Sabonis keeping the ball moving fast. And, and to me, he's one of those situational players that in Oklahoma City, his rookie year, he was like a deer in headlights. They had him doing simple stuff, pick and pops with Russell Westbrook. It didn't work. In Indiana, he's turned into an all-star, but he's in a situation where he's needed to facilitate so much of the offense. He's developed some of those habits. I'd love to see him fall into a situation now. As I said to you a couple of weeks ago, I'd love to see him on Golden State. I mean, I'd love to see him develop at 25 years old in a situation like that and see what he turns into. Um, but I mean, honestly, like I said, I, I think whether it's a young team or these contending teams, there are 20 plus teams that should be going after Sabonis, 20 plus teams that should be going after him. And so like these deal ideas we have, I wonder how much of a bidding war Indiana would be able to create. If all these teams should go after Sabonis, how serious, how many of them are very serious to the point that that price gets driven up? Cause there's not many other players available that are anywhere near the caliber of him. If I'm the Celtics, I want to figure out how do I get Tatum Brown and Sabonis on the same team? I don't even care who else is on it. I'll figure out the rest later. Let me start with those three guys and I'll figure out how to make it work around them. I would overpay for Sabonis. I'm a huge Sabonis guy. You know, you mentioned how he's like, you said he was a pretty good elbow facilitator. One thing that he's really good at, and the Pacers would do this over and over again with him, especially late in games, is when when they would inbound off, you know, like 10 seconds left, seven seconds left, they would inbound to him and he's almost like an RPO quarterback where he can pretend <laughs> he's going to hand off and he'll just take off and go to the basket or he's, he's just kind of sneaky. And I, I'm always disappointed that they haven't figured out a way how to tap into that because I think there's this, it's like how we talk about like golden state, like somebody like Bielitsa just goes there and it's like, Oh, he makes sense on this team. I don't feel like Sabonis has found the team he's made sense on yet. And if I was, you know, like, I, I think like if he was on Chicago in the Vucevic spot, I think he'd be really oh, good yeah. on that team with the team that they have. I think the right team's going to find him. Maybe it'll be OKC. I mean, the question is, will it affect Poku? And how, what do we do with Poku well, at that point? I mean, it, it's a key. You can't take away Poku's minutes. That would be, that would be, <laughs> that would be a that crime. Out. That'd be a crime. <laughs> they, 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 pick and rolls with him and Poku. Maybe that's their lottery strategy. Poku's too important to that team for their lottery odds. <laughs> All right. Here's my trade. There was a lot of Ben Simmons Dallas buzz, which I there was a fake trade out there I didn't see, but I was trying to figure out. All right, what, what you've heard that, that buzz too, Bill? You, you've heard that? I know. I'm just saying it was on the internet. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's okay. true. Who All knows? Right. Um, but Dow, it does make sense for Dallas. Like you think that's the type of guy I could see playing with Luka Doncic, right? On paper. If they could keep Porzingis and have Luca, and you have Simmons and Porzingis, and Porzingis is 25 feet from the basket, and Simmons is low. I kind of like those two together. I'd like Luca to be 20 pounds lighter. I'm going to put that in there as this 20 pounds lighter and more healthy. That's the key. No matter what the deal is you're about to yeah. say, Bill, Luca getting in the best shape of his life is the key. Less hookah, less late nights out. So could there be a three teamer where we get Siakam involved? And Philly basically ends up with Siakam and Brunson. Dallas ends up with Simmons. And Toronto ends up with Maxi Kleber and Tim Hardaway and Trey Burke. No. no. For Toronto? No. no. What else and that, is going on Toronto? Pick, and there's a pick? Another pick and another pick? There's got to be more picks than that for Siakam, yeah. Bill. Yeah. I'm giving them other stuff. I don't think it's enough. No. See, Not they, enough? They, Nah, Why Toronto do you like needs, Siakam so much? T- Tor- Toronto's going to get more than that for Siakam. 
I mean, he's they still do? super young. I know he's expensive. I know he's got the big contract. And I know they have a bunch of wings and forwards. And he should be a guy they consider trading. But for those names you just listed, no. No, I don't think so. I, I think with Siakam, he, he's become a little bit underrated here, Bill. It's like with Sabonis. Yeah, he's not a perfect player, and he might not necessarily be worth that contract. But, and he's not shooting the ball as well as he did a couple of years ago. But he's still got talent. He's not a bad player, and he's only 27. 21 and 8 in December, 18 and 7 in November. The three point shooting has gone off a cliff. Yeah, it has down to 30% since I think uh, the 1920 season, the, the bubble year. Yeah. You could make a case he's had one decent three point shooting season, and then other than that, he kind of is who he is. And if the other thing that would worry about me and why I think he's less of an asset than you is. He's the guy that if you, there's some guys that if they're going to play 36, 37 minutes, they're going to get to 20 points. Porzingis is like that. Porzingis always gets to 20 points, but he also is playing 34, 35 minutes some days. Um, I just think he's less of an asset than you. I, it's funny. I was thinking if I'm Philly, is that enough? Like has Siakam shown that there's enough there? Like he's 27, you know, he's not young anymore. I kind of feel like he's, He's where Wiggins is, right? And Wiggins is the best version of Wiggins that we've seen this year. But Wiggins is kind of, at this point, he is who he is. I don't think there's a leap for him to go. He's, I think he can get better at a bunch of stuff, which he did this year. But, you know, he is what he is. Like, whatever, when we thought, like, he had a chance to be Maple Jordan and all that stuff. Like, that's not happening. I think Siakam is who he is at this point. He could give you, in the right situation, 18-7 and seven and some good defense. So, with your assessment of this trade for Toronto, you're part of you was looking at this as like, this is a guy making $30 million who isn't necessarily worth $30 million for the Bingo. way you want to build this team out. Bingo. I'm getting out of some money. I'm getting hard away at a cheaper price. Um, and I'm getting, uh, and I'm getting Kleber who I feel like I can play at center right now. Cause I don't really have great centers or I could just flip him in a different trade piece. I'm basically cutting back on money and I'm making it clear. Like I'm building around Scotty Barnes and uh, and Van Vliet and a couple other guys. The other piece they need to figure out is the Dragic because I think Dallas is kind of waiting on Dragic to get bought out, and that seems maybe, like a staring contest. Maybe he's like a side deal, a buyout, right? His way to Dallas as part of as part of like the that. deal. They buy him out, and then yeah. Dallas picks him up. All right, I you mean, were less I, lukewarm on that. I can't figure out how to get Ben Simmons to Dallas because somebody's got to get excited about Hardaway. I mean, if they do get Ben Simmons to Dallas, I, I hope Jason Kidd is able to figure out how to use the KP post-ups because it's it's way too often when they have two bigs on the floor like Dwight Powell and KP that Powell or whoever it might be is a non-threat and they have Porzingis near the paint and Luka doesn't have driving lanes to get to the basket and Luka's already not in the best shape. So, I mean, like it's all these factors coming together where if you add Ben Simmons to KP, they're going to really have to have KP back in the Carlisle-style role where he's spacing the floor a lot and can't post up as often. But if you have that lineup, lineup flexibility, that'd be pretty sweet. Imagine like a front court, a small ball lineup with Simmons and Luka or Simmons, Powell, and Luka. Like you provide size, versatility. Uh, it's, it's intriguing for them to get a guy like Simmons with that fit. I don't know how it works, though, because I, I don't... I, I, think, I don't I either. Think, I think in that three-way, Siakam's being undervalued for Toronto. I mean... Yeah, I, understand, right. I understand your points about the salary aspect. I mean, he's going to be making $35 million in the last year of his contract. Um, but I think I but, think Toronto, if you're moving Siakam, I'd want a true big and not Kleba in return. The most fun trade that solves everybody's thing is Porzingis and Kyrie. 
And maybe it's so fun. And maybe he <laughs> throws so Simmons good. in there and it's the three way. And <laughs> Simmons goes to Dallas. Kyrie goes to Philly. Porzingis goes to Brooklyn. That's definitely. The oh, most fun man. Well, that would be a great. If something like that were to happen, we need we need a massive deal. Just like this 2K style deal to happen. I'd love. That. Well, for the for playoff purposes, San Antonio deciding to trade Murray and Young for Simmons is the most fun playoff wrinkle we could have, because I think Philly would be really good at that point. I think we're learning that Maxi relying on him as like your 35 minutes a game point guard probably isn't the greatest idea if you're trying to win the title. But if he's coming off the bench as he checkpoints and stuff like that makes a little more sense. But Murray on the big stage all of a sudden in Philly, I think the Philly fans would love him. Oh, yeah, they'd fall in love. But that's why he's probably not going to trade either. All right. Well, once again, we've tried to trade Ben Simmons, and I don't think we came up with <laughs> with a good solution. Sabonis, who knows? You might be right. Maybe it's a young team. We'll see, though. I, I, It just seems like OKC just wants to collect picks. I guess we'll find out. One of these times, I got to go in. Uh, KOC, you're on the mismatch. You got the void as well. And uh, you're also right for the ringer.com, a great website. Good to see you. Thank you, Bill. That's it for the podcast. Thanks to Cousin Sal. Thanks to Kevin O'Connor. Thanks to Kyle Creighton, who produced this podcast as always. And we'll be back on this feed on Tuesday. Don't forget, Rewatchables is moving from Monday to Wednesday this week. So be ready for that as well. See you on Tuesday.